This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. Uh, I sold a bunch of those yeah. ones on this deck at $5 that's, a piece. That's because they were cheap. $5 a piece? That's what? dollars you got for those? A piece? Oh, yeah. People <laughs> in your area are either super rich or cause the depression. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, Maybe you can listen to the A Team. KYT. Sorry, Jay just agreed with Medina. My head exploded. Jay Boosh. Is this what it's like to be a brewer? Because that was exciting. (laughs) That's what it's like. I fucking I take it all back. Scotty. I would really like you to, like, come clean. You just mulligan to land, land, elf sword every single game. And Medina. So anyways, I had to leave, obviously, because I'm just not going to sit here and watch chicks get naked when there's trading to be done. And now, the A-Team. Hey guys, welcome to episode 118 of the A-Team. This is Jonathan Medina, and I'm here with... Introduce yourselves, guys. No, that's your job. I'm not John forgot to who's on the show. Hey, Jesus I'm Christ. opening this show. What an idiot. I'm opening the show, so I get to pick how it goes, and you guys need to introduce yourselves. <laughs> that's why I saw the job. This is KYT. What's up, everyone? <laughs> yeah, Scotty here, of course. <laughs> He's protesting. He's protesting. Just refuses to speak. Oh man, what a douchebag! <laughs> How's it going, guys? Very it's, good. Very good. It's pretty awesome, actually. Life is decent. Oh man, life is good. I ate way too much pizza tonight, but uh, I think I'm. Gonna, I think I'm gonna survive. <laughs> nice. We'll live. Super. Jay, how are you doing tonight? I'm fine. <laughs> I am fine. I am fine. Um, that is good. So, did you guys, uh, you guys play any magic this week? Uh, I can honestly tell you that I did not. Wow. What did you do instead? Um, I had a lot of husband and household stuff that I had to do, and I had lots of love. Son, no, my, AKA boned his wife. My son needed a lot of driving around and shit, and I did all that, and. I basically just did the dad thing and watched everybody and supported everybody and, you know, watched all you guys accomplish it. So, yeah, that's what I did. Like a big fuckload of nothing. But, uh, I had fun doing nothing, so that's cool. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, got to count for something. <laughs> but, uh, I understand, Jay, that you, uh, you played in your game day this weekend? Or this, last, this past weekend? Yes, I did. Uh, I came in second. Sweet. Tell us all about it. What did you run? Uh, I just played a modified version of Saito's RG again. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, yeah, it was sweet. And I just crushed everybody, and then I beat... Um, I, well, almost, almost everybody, right? Well, I, the guy that I lost to in the finals, I beat in the Swiss. But, like, his deck basically is just, like, has 12 life gain sideboard cards. So, <laughs> it was, like, sweet. Um, so that was fun. It felt like I was playing, like, somebody from Reddit. Uh, That's like the cesspool of the fucking internet right there. Yeah. No, I thought that was uh, MTG Salvation. No, Reddit has actually inherited the title. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the Reddit forums are the fucking worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's actually where all the people that are banned wow. for being too trolly on Salvation go to like convene and discuss shit. It's no, no, no. It's it's terrible. It's it's actually worse than um Salvation because Salvation is just full of like like big dick internet trolls that just like you know, are like fat, sweaty rhinos and are losers, and I fucking hope they die. And they're just like the the worst people on the planet. But the redditors are even worse because they're all <laughs> like they're all like the the really new newbie uh. players, which is fine, except for that all they do is circle jerk each other about noob shit. That's all they do. They're Example. just like. They're just like fucking. Oh, cockatrice is down. Let's fucking ban fucking wizards and let's protest because they sued this guy and they're like a blind, like money hungry corporation who doesn't care about their. And then and then like infinity people just jump on that bandwagon and just like, and just like circle jerk each other for that. And then, <clears throat> and then what happens is like somebody will go in and be like, actually, like here's some. You know, I don't know some some opinion that is well presented and is polite, but is not the popular opinion. And then they just fucking about it like all day, all day. It's all they do is downvote you and fucking that's all they do. That's all they fucking do is just rear about it. And then what happens is like all you see on the fucking on the front page of the magic forums is like my girlfriend made me a cake and it's magic. My girlfriend made me a cupcake, and it's magic. My girlfriend did this. My girlfriend did that. And then it's a bunch of other dumb shit like, uh, can somebody help me with my five-color gate crash block deck? Uh, I'm trying to make a mill deck work. Can somebody help me with my mill deck? It's fucking terrible. So. <laughs> That's what I felt like I was playing in the finals. Um, Tim, who I was playing against, is a great person, and he's a really, you know... Well, as far as I know, he's a good magic player. I think he's pretty good. But uh <clears throat> it was it's just like yeah, his his basically like basically our game day, him and I both knew like as soon as we kind of showed up that we were going to be in the finals. There was nobody else there that we that was going to be in the finals. That was that was established. And uh <laughs> and then and then what ended up happening is uh. that we met in the finals, but he has 12 cards against me in his sideboard and they're all just fucking life gain cards. Every single one. Was he playing Wolfrun Band? Yeah, yeah. Melissa Del Toro's yeah. Let's All Circle Jerk <laughs> Each Other because a girl did well at a Pro Tour deck, yeah. Sure, okay. <laughs> so, uh, basically what you're telling me is that he metagamed against you. Yeah. Because he knew <laughs> that yeah. you were going to be in the finals with him. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, like, he came in and was like, hey man, what's up? And I was like, hey, what's up? And then he's like, what are you playing? And I was like, yes. And then he's like, and then I was like, what are you playing? And he's like, guess. And then I was like, yeah, okay. And then I'm sure he probably just was like, yep, I guess we're making this sideboard instead of that sideboard. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, rocks, faith mentors go in? 
Negates go out. <laughs> Back to the kid rock bait vendors. What else did he have? He had centaur healers. Uh, what else did he have? He had fucking circle jerk. Well, he had main know. main deck thrag tusks, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, plus resto angels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I think he had revelations. Yeah, he did. He had yeah. revelations. Yeah. And what else did he have? Yeah. So it was just like he basically like beat me by going like turn three healer. Turn for uh, Faith Mender. And then, like, my game is over. Like, I, I, I dragged it out and made him beat me because his deck is a piece of shit garbage. But, uh, <laughs> but fuck, like, was it ever painful? Like, he just, every turn, was like, gain 400 life. Like, oh, you got me down to two, gain 40 life. Okay, sweet. Oh, man. I love how Jay just got done berating people for bitching about losing. Last episode. And now he's here <laughs> bitching about losing. I'm not bitching about losing. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, it was, just, it was just painful to play against because it was like pre-gate crash RTR all over again, right? Oh man, yeah. Which is what that deck basically is, right? Yeah, yeah. Just with breeding pools, so the mana gets better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's rough. No, it was, it was fine. Like, I what'd you get time. for your trouble? Oh, I got. Uh, what did I get? I don't know, like forty bucks. Oh, all right. So what'd I mean, you pay? What'd you pay? Thirty bucks, I guess, because it was ten dollars to play. Okay. I guess. So no, no pack support. It was all just like cash. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, it was you know store credit. Store credit. Yeah. So I paid ten dollars to get thirty dollars in store credit, but. But it was fine. Like I had a good time playing and everything, and I met some guy from Toronto who was like. He seemed nice, but man, was he ever like salty or something? Like something was wrong with this guy playing him in like the the quarterfinals. He's like, I don't know, he's your age, and he just like was like the silent. Like I thought he was a killer. Like I thought he was a mercenary. Oh, really? <laughs> he was like the skinnier, angrier Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, like he didn't say anything. He, uh, I assumed he was good because he was in the, the you know, quarterfinals. Well, I guess it would be semifinals by then because for some reason we cut to top four instead of top eight. Well, how how many people were at this game day? Uh, fourteen. Okay. Which is a lot considering that normally we don't get enough. Yeah. Like a lot of the times it's eight people because nobody advertises for some reason nobody advertises game day in in Calgary. Also, like for some reason noobs don't want to go play game day, which is like the only tournament that's made for them. I have. I have... <laughs> it's so... the only tournament that's made for them. <laughs> Not F and M's. <laughs> oh man, these bunch of droolies are missing out. <laughs> yeah, like it just doesn't make sense to me. Huh. All right. So, so yeah, so we had 14, which was a lot for, you know. For game day. So then they cut to top four. You're playing against this guy. He was from Toronto, salty as fuck. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, I crushed him. Like, I think he played two spells in two games. Oh, Jesus. So did you, like, turn three in both times? Yeah. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> he wasn't yeah. happy about it. He wasn't happy about it at all. So what do you find are your biggest challenges with that matchup? Just basically like these stupid Sphinx's Revelation decks that gain a billion no, life or what? Sphinx's Revelation isn't even good. It's actually terrible. It doesn't do anything. Um, but it's all the it's all the other decks that are basically... Uh, are, it's the same thing in the decks that are basically things like... Um, like the, the, the Faith Menders just absolutely just, just demolishes you. Yeah, because like, you can't attack through them either, right? 
Uh, yeah, like you, there were, I think, a one five. Yeah, yeah, with lifelink themselves. Yeah, yeah. So not only are they blocking one of your two twos, but they're also basically negating the function of one, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's so that's like just super annoying. And then uh, what else is bad for us? Oh, and then like a turn three centaur healer just destroys you too. Because it does the same thing, right? Like, it it kills all of your guys, yeah. and it, it also um, basically negates one of your previous attacks. So, so if you don't have, like, a Reckoner against that guy, you're basically boned, yeah? Yeah. And even then, like, Reckoner doesn't do anything. He just attacks you. He doesn't care about that. He just wants your guys to die, right? Mm, that's true. Like, the problem is you don't have any reach. That deck has no reach, which is why, like, the other version that has, like, um, what's it called? Uh, like, Silver Hearts and... and uh, Thundermaws mm-hmm. might be a little bit better for perp- like for that stuff. Yeah, because you can have, at some point once they try to find something that's somewhat stable, you just go right over the top. Yeah, yeah, nice. But I mean, like, it's just like they just they just he just gets you like that that rocks faith mender basically on turn four just doesn't just kills you. You can't. Yeah, do it. that's an absolute beating. Yeah, especially if they double up. Because yeah. then, like, it's something stupid, like, you gain, like, eight life when you block the both of them? Yeah, it also it yeah. also is out of the range of Mizium Mortars, which is, like, the only spell you have, right? Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> like, you, you side into Mizium... Actually, I like, I personally think that Mizium Mortars should be in every single main deck. Because every single, um, every single matchup that I play, I always sideboard it. Every single game. Um... So I mean, like against maybe the Jund aggro, not mid range, but the aggro lists. Maybe yeah. you don't. Maybe, but uh, and that's only because you don't want them to get a shaman. Because if they get a shaman, then your turn one got like noble is dead, right? Um, but even then, like that's not even required because you have cacklers and like spears and burning tremissaries and whatever, right? But uh, yeah, like I, I just. Feel like I I I, 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 I love I love you, Jay. <laughs> I'm the best, the yeah. best. I just feel like it should be in the main, and and it, the other thing that sucks about it is that it doesn't kill faith vendors. Like, if you want to beat, if if red green is is at your F and M's and it's you know giving you a hard time, kids, just buy rocks faith vendors. <laughs> That's all you gotta do. Just buy that card. You don't have to. Be, you could play that and those stupid cats. That gain you two life from Gatecraft. <laughs> you can play that and those and win the game. Really? That's it. <laughs> Professional karaoke. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Well, you had way more people at your game day than I had at my game day. Oh really? <laughs> Why aren't they showing up? For just, this just, thing? just a quick question though. The the people used to show up a lot more in like the yeah, very like, first like, first game days. Years ago, like man, there was fucking people everywhere. Yeah, we used to fill out like we'd get like thirty six to fifty without issue. Yeah, yeah. Like people played GD, and and like it wasn't the bad players. It was like some of the bad players, but it was also the good players. Like people yeah. wanted to be game day champion, but like now it's just like now it's just like nah. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if it's just like the like there, that the fact that there's for me locally. There's been more other tournaments, and I wonder if that has had an impact in your areas as well. I, I think it's a big thing. I mean, we've, you know, for the longest time, we were basically starved for relevant tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, Wizards started to do the GPs and more stores started to open and do more things that, you know, really became... But, like, do you think GPs really are the cause of 
not having game day? Like, I think that, if anything, they create more game people wanting to go to game day. I think it's that nobody's advertising those tournaments anymore. Well, I think it's part of both. Like, nobody's advertising. And, like, for, for instance, for my thing, there was a big tournament. I think it was a, there was a PTQ going on on the same day. and Like, that's poor planning, right? That's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. could that could be a big piece of it too, right? Yeah, it was like poor planning, poor advertising, and and like um, you know, just just in general. Like I said, there's a PTQ, and there's also something else going on. I can't remember what it was, but it was a kind of a big deal. Um, man, whatever. There was some other tournament going on at the same time. So it was yeah, like, like no- was well, wasn't Charlotte happening? Isn't that didn't that attract like isn't that the biggest magic tournament in history to date? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. GP yeah. GP Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, so GP Charlotte was going on during the time and that's like an eight hour drive for us, so there's a lot of people who kind of like carpooled. So like I kind of like knew it was game day because someone said something on Friday, but I didn't know like when I was at the shop, I wasn't there for game day. Like I was there to play EDH. And uh, I was waiting on my EDH like players to show up so I can battle, and they were like, "Oh, sign up for game day." And there's like five of us in the shop, and I'm looking around like, "What? Like sign up for game day? There's only five people here, you know." So it turns out that only three of those people sign up. Oh God! <laughs> so there's three people signed up for game day, and I I tell the guy, I'm like, "Wait a second, let me get this straight. There's three people signed up for game day," and he goes, "Yup." And I go, are you guys running a game day tomorrow? And he goes, nope, just today. And I go, okay, so what are you going to do with all those promos if there's only three people signed up? <laughs> yep, sell them. And, and, and he was like, well, we're, gonna, we're supposed to give them out at game day. And, so and gonna, at F&M. He's like, we're just going to give them all to the people who signed up for game day. Yep. And I was like, oh, wait yeah. a second. I'm like, so if I sign up for game day right now, then I'm going to get, like, a playset of these angels. Yep. And he goes, yep. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm signing up. So I, oh, signed, up for, I signed up for game day, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, 2 o'clock rolls around, which is the time they're supposed to start game day, and I'm like, all right, start it up, give me my promos, and I'm dropping, you know? Yeah. What and, a shot. Uh, <laughs> what a deuce. And you're shirt. dropping? What a well, douche. I'm, I'm dropping, because I, I have no standard deck. I have no deck. All so, he just, is, so all he wants to do is just sign up with no deck, pay the money, and get the promos and leave. Exactly. Which is, like, so shitty. That's basically robbery. Like, you're basically <laughs> robbing those people of their cards. Who are you talking okay, to? So, Who are you talking so, to? So then you turn around, and they go, wait a minute. No, no, no. You need to register your deck. Right? That's what they pull on you? No. This is what happens. No, because it's game day. It's game day. So Some this guy's going to register his deck. 2 o'clock, I walk up to the counter. I'm like, all right, give me my promos. Let's do this. I got EDH to play. And he goes, all right. Uh, so he starts to go get the promos. And then three people run in the door. Oh, no. And they're like, is it too late for game day? And I'm like, yes. Yes, it is. And then they're like. <laughs> John's just like, oh, yeah. No, just, yeah, yeah. I'm like, sorry, you guys missed it. Uh, bummer. And the, and the guy's like, no, definitely not. Sign up. And then so they sign up. So now there's seven people in game day. And I'm like, ain't that about a bitch? I'm like, so wait a second. Does this mean I don't get four promos? And he's like, yeah, that's what that means. Uh, we're going to have to split them up. And since there's uneven, like we're going to have to play for them. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I go, well, I don't have a deck. And I'm like, all right, does anyone have a standard deck? 
And then they're all looking at me, and I was the asshole who was like, "No, game day's over, man. This yeah. is game of promos." So they're like, "Nope, no, no standing next to you." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh crap!" And I'm like, "All right, well, I'm gonna have to battle you bastards for this, you know." So I said, "Give me, give me a, give me a Boros event deck." And uh, the guy's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, give me a Boros event deck. I'll sleep and give me these sleeves. I'm gonna sleeve this up right now." Because I was like, "Man, if I win one match, then I gotta get a place in these promos, right?" Like, cause, cause you, it's going to like the top four, which means like if you win one match in like a seven person tournament, then you, you get there. You, you top four, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, okay. I can't. Can I win one match with this stupid Boros deck? I gotta be able to. I mean, I went this far with F and M Hero. But yeah, yeah. I was thinking, yeah. oh man, if F and M Hero can get there, I can get there with this Boros deck. So I freaking buy the Boros deck. I sleeve it up, and uh, to make a long story short, I win game day. To everyone's dismay. I don't edit the deck at all. My first sideboarded game, I open the wrapper of the sideboard. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let's see what we got in the sideboard. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, two skull cracks. I can use those, uh, you know. And uh, I also brought in those, uh, I guess they had like uh, that Priest of Thune, the guy who blows up enchantments. Yeah. Because the guy who was playing, like, he was playing, the first guy I played was playing a, a black-white, like, Obsidat, um Freaking lingering souls and and what's that other card? Uh, blind obedience deck. Yeah. And blind obedience is a bitch for my like Boros deck because I have a lot of guys who have like haste. Such a beating. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna bring in these war priest of thunes and these skull cracks. And yeah, man, I smashed that guy two zero. Freaking. Yeah, he was pissed because he was like, he was basically dying to draft commons. You know that stupid uh, that stupid guy who you can pump, you can give it two zero. And it has Vigilance, or you can give it First Strike. For It's a red and a white. It's a red and a white. Oh, and then, the, sorry, go on. It's like Pure Fire Paladin or something like that. That's um, the one. That's what it's called. Is that what it's called? Sure yeah. Fire. Yeah, it's like red and a white, and then you can pay red and white to give plus two, plus O, and then you can pay a red and a white to give First Strike. So I had like two of those on the board, and I just kept hitting them with them. And like... Uh, I also had a champion of the parish who was getting huge. <laughs> so then I played, uh, it comes with one champion and one silver blade paladin. So like, finally I, I ripped my silver blade paladin and I'm like, silver blade, my freaking, my freaking champion. I'm like, swing with the champion. And he's like, all right, um, ultimate price that. And I'm like, Boros charm. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it was awesome. So he was dying to these, uh, these cards and uh it was sweet man so i crushed him um and people not believe that this was happening uh in the finals i had to play against a bant blade deck or not bant blade a bant like whatever mill blade mill blade was it mill blade it was grizzle bros it was grizzle bros oh grizzle bros (laughs) bant bant grizzle bros mill blade oh man so i had to play against that what is the hexproof deck yeah and uh Oh man, I brought in those war priests to blow up his stupid uh, ethereal armor, armors and stuff. And yeah, I just crushed him, man. It was sweet. I, I mean, I think he got stuck on lands on game one or something like that. But uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. And uh, I found out that Boros Charm is actually a super good card. Oh my gosh. That thing is insane. Big beats. Yeah, have you played with that card? Yeah. With what? Sorry? Boros Charm. Oh, I've never played with it, actually. 
Oh man, that card is dirty. Like I never played with it either until I like I haven't been played standard in months, man. So like playing with Boros Charm, I was like, man, this card is freaking good. Like you just hit him with your dudes a couple times, and then you're like, oh, I got this this Skullcrack and this Boros Charm. That's seven damage. Like it's just dirty, man. I got to do I got to do this too. Uh, I was playing a Bant player, another Bant player, and he plays a Thrag Tusk and has a Jace on the board. And I got to like skull crack, prevent the da- prevent the life gain, and nail the jace. Nice. Wow. Yeah, I was like, oh man, skull crack is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, like, and and Boros Charm seems really good with Boros Reckoner. So I, uh, I mean, I don't know if there's a Boros deck out. Like, I think the reason that I haven't played with or against Boros Charm is there's no good red white deck. That deck sucks. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this event deck it got there. So so I ended up winning a playset of the promos. <laughs> Um, and then, and then, what a I'll, fucking scumbag piece of then, shit! Check this out. I went a place of the promos. <laughs> and, uh, a bunch of those like other promos, just the full art, like nobody. Yeah. Uses, but I got a bunch of stack of those, right? And then I get the freaking after I win, I'm like already happy because the event deck has, like I said, a silver blade, a cliff top retreat, uh, two Boros charms, and uh, the freaking champion the parish. So that's already your money back. But then I win all these promos, so I'm like, sweet, I'm in the positive. And then the guy's like, oh, Medina, I forgot to tell you, you win a, a playmat. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, the game day playmat. I'm like, sick. So I'm like, yeah, let me have that. <laughs> so, like, I sell that for, like, I put the picture up on my Facebook with the playmat. I'm like, yeah, I'm a badass. I just won the Boros deck, you know. And then some kid's like, hey, I want that playmat. And I'm like, all right, what do you want to pay me for? He's like, 30 bucks. I'm like, done. Holy <laughs> shit. So like I sold my other one for twenty or twenty five last year, so it's it's around like what it's worth, but still like thirty dollar play mat, freaking play set of promos, like oh man, it was like a it was a sick sick day, and to top it all off, okay, so after all that, I'm like all right, I win, I'm the champion, you guys suck, time to play some EDH, <laughs> so my EDH partner gets there and he's like you guys suck. <laughs> My EDH, I'm just joking, guys. I know you're listening and you're probably listening now. I'm just joking. You know I love you guys. So so my EDH partner shows up, and he's a legacy fiend, right? Um, and uh, he's actually a really good guy. I know he's. this is going to get back to him that I talked to him about. This is the other thing. All you guys stop snitching on me when I say stuff about local people on the camp. Right? I'm, sick, I'm sick of hearing about it in the, uh, in the future. Anyways. And don't say dumb shit. Hey, I, I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest with our listeners. Then don't be afraid of backlash. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So anyway, so the guy shows up and he's like, "What guy? Hey, What's his name?" Uh, I'm not gonna name him. I'm not gonna name. What him. was he playing? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it is some, a good some fucking drooly piece of shit who's never played EDH okay. before shows up. No, no, he's he's a good. He's he plays EDH. Plays EDH. But he's bad uh, at it. No, no, no. This is actually the guy that I talked. <laughs> Remember I talked about the EDH guy who has the Progenitus deck that... Uh, yeah, that deck pretty, sucked. That never wins. Okay, let me... I'll tell you a story about him. Because of this podcast, I'm going to tell you a little story. Uh, and we'll get to that in a minute. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm monopolizing a lot of time, but I have a lot to say. I had a yeah, lot of magic. Yeah. I had a lot of magic. Okay, so, so what ended up happening is he comes. He's my partner. Like, we EDH every weekend. So he's like, dude, they're not going to fire Legacy. So maybe you should play Legacy. And I'm like, I don't have a legacy deck. All I brought was an EDH deck. Damn it. Like, I didn't bring a standard deck. I only brought an EDH deck. I didn't bring a legacy deck. I want to play EDH. And he's like, dude, the, and there's all these kids there who want to play legacy, right? They only come for legacy, and it's not going to fire. So, 
so then yeah it's sad because they're all standing there like dude and they're like like asking everybody in the shop you know hey man do you have a legacy deck hey man do you want to play legacy i'm like oh shit like can't let these kids like not play right so my buddy had the right idea like dude medina play legacy i'm like okay i'll play but i don't have a deck and then so the store owner john's like i'll loan you my goblins deck and i'm like all right I'll play goblins. I never play goblins. I don't really give a shit about goblins, whatever, you know? So then, <laughs> I, I don't really, not a big fan of the deck, but whatever, it's the goblin deck. So I'm like, I want these kids to play Legacy, whatever. End up splitting in the finals of the, of the Legacy tournament. <laughs> Jesus oh Christ. my God, what a piece of <laughs> shit you are, oh, yeah, Medina. So, oh man, it was, it was the run goods that weekend. So, okay, so quick story about my friend Dave. Uh, so I talked smack about him on the cast about his progenitus deck that never wins, okay? And so then somebody who listens to the podcast told him. And so I get a text message saying, hey, man, what's all this about you talking shit about me on this podcast? And I'm like, oh, it was all in good fun. I was just, like, telling him about how your deck never wins and you take infinite turns and it's just, like, you play a chromatic lantern. No big deal, right? He's like, all right, dude, you know, I play EDH for fun. He's like, that's what I play EDH for. But now... Now I'm going to make the Medina sideboard. <laughs> and I'm going to make my deck really good whenever I play you. And I'm like, all right, bring it on, dude. Let's do this, right? Well, that was a little bit of a mistake. Because I played EDH with him this weekend, right? And he basically, like, his EDH deck is now uber competitive. Like, basically, in, by turn four, he has omniscience in play, and then he just pedals of insights me to death. I turn four like every time, and I'm trying to play like my Barigabos land deck, you know, which has no interaction. Sorry, so Mr. You... Rigmos? Is that what we were talking about? Monty Burns? <laughs> Are we talking about Monty, the deck Monty Burns? Is that? That's right, Mr. Burns. Okay. Just wanted, yeah, Mr. Burns. Yeah, Mr. Burns. Oh, Mr. Burns. Burns. That was my favorite segment of last episode. Mr. Rigmos? Uh... <laughs> uh, we have your wife on the phone, Mr. Rigmos. Can't you see I'm trying to discard lands here? <laughs> Um, important killing to do, John. But Mr. Rigmos is your wife. It's, Miss, <laughs> it's Mrs. Rigmos. Oh man. So Dave uh so Dave uh props to him for uh building a, a sick EDH deck and he crushed me every time. Um so he crushed my Mr. Rigmos deck every time, and it was about three in the morning. And I go, All right, man, it's time to pack it up. I gotta go home, I got church in the morning. And he's like so uh, he's like, you're not going to play me with your Zagana deck? Because my Zagana deck is like the shit, you know? And I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Another time, another time. He's like, hey, man. He's like, you're talking all this smack on this podcast. He's like, I want a shot at the champion. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like all right, all right. And I'm a little bit scared at this point because he's been working me with this deck, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, I haven't prepared Zagana for like battling this like really competitive deck. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm literally waiting for So he casts Acid Rain and then untaps and casts <laughs> Tsunami. <laughs> anyway, let's carry on. Uh, so, uh, so he ended up, uh, it ended up, it was a close one. Uh, I ended up squeaking it out with Zagana. I won, uh, I think I won three games. Best out of five, and I think I won. I won three or four games, uh, but yeah, squeaked it out, man, with Zagana. But he almost, he almost got there, man. If it wasn't for all my Mystic Snake action, you know, yeah, dirty little snake. Oh man, the other cool thing about the Zagana deck versus his deck is he show and tells like omniscience in play, 
which he has turned three to me before the stupid deck, right? He's like show and tell, omniscience, conflux, get petals of insight, and you know whatever, great yeah. shot, kill you, you know. So, uh, so he should he's been doing that. So, like, with the great thing with the Zagana deck is I have like acidic slime, uh, you know, uh, terastodon, and all these other things. So, like, basically, he, he'll do it, and then, like, I'll be like, reveal, oh, it's a fence, or bounce it back to your hand. Reveal, oh, it's a <laughs> Oh, man, so that was do you, have, do you have lurking predators in that deck? Yeah, I do. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, that card is insane, man. Yeah. I still can't believe, like, so many people don't play with it or know how it works. And then, like, in multiplayer EDH games, which I don't play anymore because they're terrible, but when I did, people would just, like, let that shit happen. <laughs> like I play, I play uh, lurking predators. Like yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, whatever, it's cool. I'm like okay, sweet. And then like four people take turns. I'm like oh, Ulamog, Kozilek, Terastodon, uh, Restoration Angel. So, <laughs> They're like wait, wait. like oh wait, it's my turn now. Oh okay, <laughs> kill you. <laughs> I guess you guys all die. I'm like yeah, well, good games, good games. <laughs> like yeah, I guess it was. Like this is turn four, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh what a dick <laughs> you know like just so retarded I think I think I'm at that place where we're trying to figure out locally uh, like how to like because there's these French rules for EDH have you heard of this yeah the French ban list yeah Who's yeah it's, for, it's for dueling right for for one on one it's mostly for one on one yeah yeah it's mostly for one on one but there's a lot of guys locally who don't want to play because like naturally like i built competitive decks you know so i'm like trying to balls to the wall these guys and then yeah, and, they're, like and they're crying about it yeah yeah and then well, well and then now dave has now built this competitive deck because because i talk smack but now his deck is insane right so and now you're crying about it i'm not crying about it but i'm saying now <laughs> now there's two of us with like super competitive decks so now we're going to be like shunned from the edh community locally so we have to we have to kind of figure out a way to build like a I think I'm going to build one French EDH deck just for, just for like playing nicely and like dueling and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to go with Scott's recommendation and build um, the uh, the Bant Angel. What's that thing called? Uh, Genara. Genara. Yeah. That deck is also powerful though. Like I don't. Yeah. Well, it depends on how you build it, right? Like it. Yeah, like, you could build it suboptimally, I guess. Well, I mean, if you're trying to build it so that you're killing with... Like, if you're trying to make a Voltron kill Bant deck, then just play Rafik and get it over with. Yeah, like, I just... I don't, I don't, I'm confused about how you're gonna... Like, how you're planning on just not playing good cards to fit in. Like, are you just gonna, like, play bad cards? Like, I don't understand. No, I, but... I'm but, a big fan of the restrictions idea. You know, like, restrict that whole idea of restrictions breeds creativity. Yes, Mark Rosewater. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm into that. I, I think like, <laughs> I mean, at one time I built an EDH deck out of commons and uncommons. Yeah, and I beat a whole table of like real EDH players with it. Yeah, which which is fine. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Like, how are you going to make a less competitive deck with restrictions? Aren't you just going to make a quirkier deck? Yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to like still it won't works. have Soul Ring. It won't have like it. Some cards are banned like that are. Like, the French rules ban, like, really good cards, so I right. just won't play those cards, and then I'll play, like, a different strategy, you know? I see, okay. I might even play, like, I might play the uh, red-white angel that right. gives you two attack steps, and then I might build, like, some insane, like, aggro deck. That's pretty sweet. But, like, they're going to be, like, things that do things when they attack, you know, and stuff like that, like, you know, so I can get, like, max value, but it's still going to be, like, through the attack step, you know? That's not bad. 
I mean, that, that's, a, that's a reasonable limitation. I mean, you can basically just leave your value in the red zone. That's probably fine. It forces you to, you know, provide a certain level of exposure, um, you know, to your board state in order for you to eke maximum value. So I think it's fine. Yeah, it gives you, it gives them, like, when you're attacking, people don't feel as bad to lose to that. Yeah. But, like, when, like, with the, with Mr. Rigmos, when I just sack all my lands, <laughs> when I just sack all my lands to escape shift and then be like, oh, pick up my graveyard, throw it at your face, they're just like, hey, that's not cool, you know? Yeah. Well, it is cool. They're just losers. Just whiny bitches. <laughs> like, if like I, I, play- I, I, I I just like really can't stand that attitude where people are like my the way that I win and my cards are cool, but um the way that you win and your cards those are not cool. And like this <laughs> this is different by the way. Before everyone's like really are you? Uh, in the comments <laughs> in the comments this week about how like I talk shit about bad cards and brewers all the time and stuff. The difference there is that these cards are actually poor. Like they're bad. They're suboptimal. Like right. Like like yeah. Every card in Magic has a use. Yeah. But like that's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about like you know I you know comboed you or I played Emrakul or I played you know bribery and then like you know like before the show Scott and fucking John were just complaining about people that played bribery. Just just whining about it. Yeah, it's you know? obnoxious. It is, it is obnoxious. Yeah, it's obnoxious. But, yeah, it's obnoxious. But check this out. But but playing Terastodon on turn four is not obnoxious at all. No, you played on turn two with Flash. Yeah, that's not obnoxious. Come on. No, I, no, after we obnoxious. talked about Flash on the cast, I literally went out and got a Flash. Who knows? Because yeah. I had to do that. I have to do that at least oh, once geez. to somebody. <laughs> the better thing is to flash in that primordial. No, I, so so it's funny. So Nina opened a. Uh, um, a Korean one, a, Ooh, Kore- a, Korean. a Korean Sylvan Primordial. So I like snap dibsed it, and uh, and then Dave and I uh, Durf worked at a trade over the weekend at uh, the Pro Tour. So he's gonna do a um, uh, an altar on it for me, uh, because you know there's no better Korean Primordial than Sai. So he's gonna put Sai on the Korean Primordial. Oh, that's sick! <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. Oh man, yeah, that primordial is so insane. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, bribery is bribery is uh, is like obnoxious. But like for me, it's like oh shit, I hate getting bribery, right? But I don't sit there and say I'm not going to play with the guy who plays bribery or oh you can't play bribery. I'm like okay, he wants bribery me. Well, now I'm going to go get a homeward path and put it in my deck. I'm going to go get a stranglehold. I'm going to put that in my deck. You know. <laughs> And it's just like, sure, bribery me, and then you can't search libraries. Great. Nice. Yeah. nice uh, that's how nice you should part. be doing it. That's how you should be doing yes. it. That's, that's how metas work in all formats. Like, you know what? It sucks that that guy had 12 life gain spells against me. But, like, so I, either, I just have to now play a different deck. Right? That's always what happens with red deck wins. All these red mages are like, meh, wizards made blue powerful again. <laughs> wizards made blue powerful. Oh, Thrag Tusk. Wizard made life gain, like, viable now. Oh, red mages. When's red gonna be good? But you don't hear them all fucking waving their banners and fluting their trumpets when, like, the, the a deck that does really well is red-green. Basically red with splashing a 3-3 three, three for 2 which is effectively a red card. It really, you know, can be. And you don't hear them just fucking going on and on about it. You don't hear blue mages complaining that negate and fucking counterspells are bad right now. Like, yeah, when blue's so it's, it's bad, a meta. It's just, it's just a meta. Like, that's how it works. Especially yeah, in EDH. Bad, Chapin, just, Chapin just says it's not bad. Yeah. He's well, just like, oh, blue's not bad. Let's play cancel. It's totally cool, guys. 
Yeah, it's it. fine. It's totally fine. No one's playing Cavern of Souls because Blue is so sort of good. So let's just play Cancel. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways... Hey, did your, did your um, game day cut to top four or did it cut to top eight? Oh, I um, guess... Did you even have that many people? No, no, we didn't. Remember, I had, we had seven people. Right, so. right, seven, right, right. Yeah, so it was just like... <laughs> it, once, like... It was funny because they, uh, they couldn't really sanction it, I don't think. Uh, no. So basically, they had to do like all this breaker math and stuff to figure out who won. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because yeah, like I, I heard of like we cut to top four, and then I heard of somebody else that also cut to like another one that cut to top four, and I couldn't figure out why. And at mine, I thought it was because uh, there was only fourteen people, so if they cut to top eight, then basically six people get cut, and then you still have to play three rounds, which I thought was fine. Like I didn't accept that as a reason. I thought that was bullshit. But. Uh, so then somebody else said that theirs also just went straight to top four, so I wondered if maybe it was a Wizards thing. Uh, so they had they had directions based on how many people you're supposed to cut to. They were on, actually on the game day homepage. Oh, okay. So that must be new, because they never used to do that. We always yeah. used to... We always, and then, like... And the thing that I thought was weird about it is that with 14 people, when you cut to top four, like, some three ones are making it, and some three ones are not. Yeah, which is right? awkward. Yeah, like yeah. all the OXs miss, all the one X's miss, all the two X's miss, and then half the three ones make it, and the one four O, which was me, makes it. Right. So, <laughs> like it was just it was weird. Like it was just kind of weird um that they did that. And so, you know. But yeah, it was funny too, because normally we don't have enough people for game day. So similar to John's situation, we always get like extra promos or you just basically show up for game day and you get get the promo which like is not a super great value if you think about most of the promos not being worth any money like this promo is worth what like 10 to 20 dollars yeah the this promo i actually sold all four of them for 18 a piece already yeah yeah like really so yeah they're they're worth wow. a lot so, <clears throat> so but this is like the the best one i think that i've ever seen in two or three years like killing wave killing wave is a piece of shit Dung, like, dunger Elder was a uh, pretty serious. oh yeah Dung, that was yeah okay sweet. yeah dunger was one yeah that's true and uh, was Black Sun Zenith one? Yeah, Black Sun Zenith was. Yeah, that was that was that was, that was that was worth money when it was out. Like when it was out and yeah. when it was popular, it was yeah. yeah. Um, but like, but like, so it's about half. Maybe maybe it's less than half. It's like one in three are actually worth any money. And uh, and like, so it's not a super great value to just show up to F and M and I mean to game day and like pay the ten dollars and then get a couple of promos. But for a lot of people, like they like the full art ones, like. When it was had a free blade or whatever, the one the O one that gets a one one counter whenever uh <laughs> I remember the the joke we made on on the on this podcast about that. Yeah. If you could snatch the free bird from my hand. <laughs> 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 oh, that was hilarious. So like but when people showed up for that game day, like everybody got a playset of those and two of the promos or whatever the promo was in yeah. World. And I'm sure in World Week it was shit. I, I don't remember it at all. But, like, getting a place out of Had a Free Blades was really sweet for all these droolies that showed up and noobs because that was what they were <laughs> playing allies, and they fucking loved having cool cards like that, right? Yeah, I can also say from, like, an FNM hero standpoint, like, because I was all so desperate for, like, value because I didn't, like, I couldn't, like, value trade or whatever, like, going to something like a game day was insane because, like, I got these promos, which maybe you can't sell for that much money, but you can trade them at, like, full, like, Star City value for stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially at the game day because, 
um, the kids there were like, oh, dude, I want to make a place of these, you know? Yeah. Did we mention Stranglerout Geist? Promo? Elite that was Inquisitor, Stranglerout Geist, those were good ones. Well, Elite Inquisitor didn't do anything. That was, Geist that was awesome. huge when Zombies was, was huge. No, it wasn't. People said that it was huge, and it wasn't. It Nobody, was, dude. No, you are the only fucking person that played Elite Inquisitor. No, <laughs> that was all over the deck. Lie. Dude, Don't even fucking lie, bro. bro. Look it up. Look right? it. Oh, here's another one. Here's another two. <laughs> you ready? Uh, Mem Knight. Oh, that's Yeah, Mem Knight. Yeah, okay. that was Here, huge for one. another one. Tournament. Ready? Tempered Steel. Tempered again, huge for one tournament. Here's I can't remember. One. I can't remember anybody ever wanting those. I mean, it's possible that that some people were ordering them online for some reason because they were worth, you know, infinity dollars. Like, what were what were the tempered steels worth? Like twelve bucks or eight bucks yeah. or something. But like, but like, have you ever tried to trade that to someone? Like, hey man, you got any tempered steels? Like, yeah, but they're the game day promos. Oh sweet, what are those worth? Twelve dollars. Nope, fucking bag tag. I mean, you're asking the wrong guy because I've traded just about everything to anyone. You know Sorry, what I'm saying? Yeah, I wasn't asking you. I was asking real people. Okay, here's here's another one. Here's another one. Um, Calestria Highborn. I don't. Oh, that no, hot. that one was hot. Yeah. No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't hot until vampires became a deck. Yeah, a diagraph ghoul. No, that was never hot. Even Still when played. Zombies was a deck, nobody cared about that. Uh, I sold a bunch of those yeah. when Zombies a deck at five dollars a piece. That's because they were cheap. Five dollars a piece? That's what? not cheap. Dollars you got for those? A piece? Oh, yeah. People <laughs> in your area are either super rich or cause the depression. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! Like I couldn't get two dollars for those when the deck was at its peak. Oh man, I would have gave you two bucks for them. I was selling them at five. <laughs> oh man, yeah. The, and then a dryad militant had a, a little splash in the pan, but not not too big. Yeah, dryad militant. Yeah, that never yeah. did. Thing, right? You know what card I thought was going to be awesome but never turned out being awesome? This Peruvian Beast Tracker. Yeah. I thought that card was going to be sweet too. Well, they ended up banning uh, Primetime in Commander, so that affected that card, obviously. Beast oh. Tracker? What card is that again? Like, <laughs> that, that card, I don't think that, that affected that card. It's a worldly tutor that you could go get in, like, any creature with, like, flying reach or, yeah. I don't know, something like that. It's worse than Worldly Tutor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's worse than Worldly Tutor, but it's in standard. Like, Yeah, which is even worse than it being an EDH where you could get good cards with it. I get, That's a good point. That is a good point. But there are, <laughs> there's got to be cool cards you can get in standard. You can get hexproof cards with it, so you can get a Geist Sustained Trap. Holy shit. That's insane. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> if, it was two, if it was two mana, I think it would have been nuts. Yeah, I I agree with that. Or if it was an M10. Yeah, we could get a Titan. <laughs> like when you could play it in Valakut, maybe. But even then, it, put it in your hand. Like, what are you going to do? Turn two, go get a sweet dude, and then... Oh, turn you don't put it in your hand, you put it on top of your deck. deck. Yeah, even then, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. then you're drawing a six-mana Primeval Titan for your Valakut deck on turn three? Like, that's also not good. I don't know, man. I really don't know. I know you don't know. I'm trying to learn you. Yeah, I, I just said I thought it was going to be sweet. Obviously, it didn't work out, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's how speculating works. You think something's going to be sweet, it turns out not sweet. Well, it's so, buy those cards, right? Yeah, or like 130 copies of a foil uh, Hall of the Bandit Lord. Oh, man, who bought 130 copies of no, foil? No, somebody, somebody 
isn't that why it spiked? Somebody yeah. just decided to fucking yeah. buy them all? It's like the third or fourth card this week that somebody did that can, with. Can we actually talk about this for a minute? Because yeah, well, I thought people... that was a really nice segue for us to start doing that. So That's kind of how the, the show works, John. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. KYT, don't worry. We're going to get to you later. Yeah, KYT, yeah. save the best for last. Don't worry, KYT, you could go. He doesn't say anything anyways, except for, I don't do shit, and context sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit. Fuck that noise. <laughs> that noise. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, for people who don't know, it's funny because I posted on Twitter, I was like, hey, what do you guys think about all these TCG player buyouts, right? And all these people are like, what? Huh? And I'm just like, oh, man, you guys are freaking clueless of what's going on over here. Cool. <laughs> but to be honest, like, how are we supposed to monitor that? Like, am I really supposed to fucking monitor well, all the Twitter all day? People have been oh talking. yeah, yeah. Sorry, though. Yeah, people should know on Twitter from other Twitter people. Yeah, I thought you meant like you were breaking the news via like when it was first happening, and then we're surprised that people weren't like monitoring TCG player points. Like it was a quiet speculation. <laughs> so. So yeah, so what what's happening is this. Basically, overnight a card will spike like in value from like $4 to 25. And it it really only happens on TCG players. So what'll happen is the latest one was um well the latest latest one All the Bandalord. No. The latest one is Greater Good. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, today. Well, that was yesterday. So TCG oh, player, yeah, yeah. Um so the latest one is Greater Good. Uh, so what happened was uh, Greater Good was at like what uh, four dollars, three or four dollars on TCG Player. Okay, if you go to TCG Player right now, they are at ten dollars. What the fuck? Yeah, it, ten is the cheapest, and then the next one is like fifteen, and then the rest are like fifteen and up. Did did somebody run on ad nauseums too? Is that what I saw the other day? Someone was talking about that, but the ad nauseums are too too low value to run on. So, okay. So here's the thing. So the latest one is Greater Good. Uh, the one before that was Shallow Grave. Okay, so people bought out Shallow Grave. Now it's a $25 card or was a $25 card. Um, Hall of the, the Bandit Lord was the one before that. And so then what was the one before that? It was... Uh, what was it? Front. Frogger? Run, run, the <laughs> run, run the last troll. Oh, yeah, he's run. up. He's up four hundred percent or something. You're like trolling, John. <laughs> well, like fuck, he's like friend. friend. What is it? Friend. 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 What is it? Frog. <laughs> he's Frogger. Oh man. <laughs> he said Frogger. <laughs> oh man, KYT, you're the best. Thank you. The best. So basically what happens is people find these targets uh, and then they just buy all the copies on TCG Player. Then TCG Player goes up. Like for greater good, it went up to like $15. And then people will look at TCG and say, oh, man, this is a $15 card, but they have them on eBay for $4. So I'm going to buy all the copies on eBay. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a ripple effect because once TCG Player gets bought out, then it ripples out to all all of those that are not on TCG player. Do you understand? Yeah. So like like the speculators will be like, oh Greater Goods 15 on TCG, I'm gonna go buy out Star City. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm gonna go buy out this this other this other people. Um so that's basically what's happening is uh someone is doing like some buying out. And I think it's like 
basically people buy out and then speculators go and like do the ripple effect and then that all together will raise the price of a card um but it's super hard to operate as a store without like playing this game you know what i mean like here's yeah. an example here's an example like um so greater good has been $8 and up on star city for 3 weeks okay before they were bought out on TCG, right? Yeah. So I've watched Greater Good. I knew it was $8 on Star City, and I knew it was $3 to $4 on TCG, right? So let's say someone posts on Twitter in the Magic Finance like hashtag, hey, look, Greater Good is getting like attention because somebody posted one for $1,000. Someone posted one for like $1,000 or $100 on the Greater Good. So really? It, yeah, yeah. So what they did is they did that with all the other three dollar copies, and then the the median price for TCG got boosted because there's that one copy throwing off the the calculation. Oh. So, so people were like, somebody's tweaking the price of Greater Good, right? So then you put you get into my shoes, right? Where I'm like, man, I've been watching this card, I've been picking them up because I'm running out of on my stock, and and people, you know. Uh, it's eight dollars on Star City, and pretty soon it's just going to jump, right? Because it's just catching up. The rest of the world is catching up, right? Uh, and then now someone's talking about our Magic Finance as a store. Why won't I just go and buy those? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, why won't I go buy those? But the problem is, is when I go buy those, then everyone loses their shit, and then the card gets crazy out of out of control. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, as as a store, you either, like, you have to kind of play the game if you want to keep certain things in stock. You know what I mean? Especially me, like, I want to keep EDH staples in stock. Greater Goods and EDH staple. Well, I once I start seeing Magic Finance talk about it, you know, I'm not going to want to go and pay, like, $8 for Greater Goods, you know, when I have to buy them right. when they're 15. So I'm just going to go buy them all off TCG Player for four right now. Why not? Right. And then, like, I guess people are upset because they feel like you're playing the same game as them. And, like, as a store, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be letting customers do that. Is that what, like, the issue is, I guess? The issue is, the problem is this, is because once once I go and buy all those cards, then there's a pressure because there's the demand. The supply basically gets vacuumed. And then so any de- any demand puts the card up on price. So then right. I've... I've successfully manipulated the market. Basically. Yeah, like, yeah, you're basically like part becoming part of the problem, right? Yeah, but then then I stand to gain, right? Because I just ordered, you know, fifty greater goods, you know. So yeah. now, now greater goods a fifteen dollar card, and guess who has fifty? But it's like, yeah, but what's my other option as a store? Like, yeah, be out of stock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make sense to me either. Yeah, I'd rather... then you're also losing business there. And then also, if every time this card's in demand, uh, you're out of stock, people are just going to stop checking your site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when I'm trying to build, like, an EDH following. EDH players, they want one of, like, a list of cards, right? And, like, so they, they want it now. You can't be fucking around with that shit. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to <laughs> be waiting for me to get greater goods in stock or, or mystical tutors or something else. You know, they're just going to be like, oh, this guy doesn't have this shit. Oh, I'm going to go somewhere else. You Fuck know? that guy then, yeah. Yeah. So 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 no no so that's where I'm kind of like just petitioning you guys for your opinion because like as a store I'm in this weird place where there's two things that's happening as a store first of all 
now I'm not putting all my stock on the website because what will happen is like bursting plot is a perfect example, right? Like I have, I have over, you know, 60, 70 birthing pots, right? Like, sure. That card is going to be, that card is going to be in, in, in a modern for like ever. It's, it's in EDH tags. It's going to be modern forever. I like having a bunch of that card, right? Mm-hmm. But if I put them on the website at $4 and somebody decides on TCG player, they're going to do a run on them and they just buy all my birthing pods, then like, forget about trying to make money. It's just like, well, shit, I had 60 birthing pods and now I'm out of stock. That should never happen. Right. Right. Like, like, why am I out of stock when I had 60 or 70 of these? This is a stupid thing that be like that somebody bought all these. Now I have to go and find them, spend time and resources to actually restock stuff that I could just have. So what I've been doing as a store is I've been taking some of that stuff offline because basically when, when one of these runs happens, I want to be prepared to just restock and be like, all right, I got cards, like no, no need to. Yeah. So like, so what's the speculation on these cards? Like, where are they coming from? Like, how did Hall of the Bandit Lord get picked? Well, here's part of the problem. Well, here as, okay, so there's two things, right? Uh, part of the problem is people are saying that it's not even speculation. It's just brute force. And that's what right. people. Yeah, it's just it's just some guy buying all of them, yeah. and then basically he's like, "Haha, caused your price to go up, right?" Yeah, but the the perfect target for this stuff is not brute force targets. The perfect target is short print run sets uh, for cards that have already a casual or steady demand, right? So yeah. Hall of the Bandit Lord is already an EDH card because it gives you general haste, right? Okay. So, so there's already that steady, like casual demand, and then if you yeah. suck all of the all of the supply out, then it's easy to be like, once the next guy who wants one of those for his EDH deck wants one, and there's like yeah. four there, and they're twelve bucks, that that guy is just gonna buy it, you know? Yeah, I mean? like pe- people did that with that Wizardland, uh, Talarian something, not Academy, but the one. Maybe no, it's the, not the, it was the Bounce Wizardland, but that yeah. was, that was actually a temporary legacy inflation due to Snapcaster Mage influence. Right. People in legacy are addicted but, to value. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, so what happened is like, like when Snapcaster Mage kind of got spoiled, a lot of people kind of just did, don't think about that. But like, what some people did is they went out and bought like a hundred copies of that for like what was it, forty cents or something? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then like it, and then it went up to like you know any amount of dollars, and it's almost like buying penny stocks, right? Like mm-hmm. you're 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 basically like gambling that this is going to pay off into something where. You know, you're going up like not to like twelve dollars, like people are you know doing with Hall of the Bandit Lord and shit. But you know, and then like you're just making a bunch of money because you also bought a hundred of them and TCG players out. Like, what what's the guy that wants to play them in Legacy gonna do? Not buy them? No. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you're you're doing you're doing that, and so like what they're doing is they're targeting cards that like Thrun is a is like a, a, a mythic rare out of a set that wasn't open heavily. And it has some relevance in like casual markets and in like legacy as like sideboard stuff. Like very, very small demand. And it's it's becoming one of the modern go tos for blood raid replacement as well. Yeah. So it it can be played in modern. Uh the other thing is that people don't see about this stuff. People act like, oh well, they're just buying out random stupid cards. Yeah. No, that's not what's happening. Well, it might be what's happening with some of it, but with Thrun, like you could see you can see like the the stuff leading up to it before Thrun got bought out. Thrun was being bought by Star City for four dollars. 
Okay, so Thrun was on TCG Player for $4. It was on Star City's buy list for $4. And it was already like $8 or $10 on Star City. Uh, before Thrun got bought out, I got bought out of Thrun's just by natural, you know, people like just buying having them. them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, over time, people bought all my Thrun's. So my Thrun's were already underpriced at, like, they were like $350, right? So I, myself, before they got bought out, I'm thinking, man, Thrun is underpriced because, like, First of all, I had them at three fifty. Star City's buying them at four. Um, you know they're eight dollars on Star City. I can't keep them in stock. Uh, they're four dollars on TCG. Oh look, boom, they're all gone. Well, yeah, obviously, right? Like, you know, that's a easy. That's an easy target. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, so yeah, so that's basically what's happening. And people fall in some different areas. Some people hate it because they think that. What's going to happen is people are going to do this so many times that nobody's going to have confidence in the card value anymore. Right. And then, like, like, like they're they're afraid it's almost similar to the Jace problem. Yeah, I've heard people compare it to like the baseball card market that crashed, but I think that was a totally different thing. First of all, you can't play with baseball cards, like yeah. in tournaments. So, and you can't win money with baseball cards. So, yeah. like, it's it's totally different. Like when you have a commodity that has like zero value. And then you have all these people manipulating the market. Sure, it's going to crash, but this commodity has value beyond like collectability. It has play value, you know, right. and tournament tournament value, and it also has value to dealers who want to stock it. So, like, it's hard to make it crash when there's always going to be somebody who says, "Well, I want that in stock," you know, yeah. or "I want that in my binder," you know. Yeah, that makes sense. So, what do you think from a moral standpoint, Scott? Do you think it's okay for people to buy these cards out? Well, you know, it's really difficult because at the end of the day, it's it's an open market and people are free to do whatever they want. So, I mean, you can't really judge them on the basis of, you know, whether it's actually right or wrong. Now, that being said, is it something that I think is, you know, healthy or good for, you know, the financial community? No. <laughs> I think it only, you know, serves to perpetrate the whole, you know, financial people being sharks thing that is already something that, you know, people are fighting hard to try to overturn. But, uh, I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's an interesting set of circumstances. That's for sure. What frustrates me, I think the most is how we have to deal with these ebbs and flows. And it only encourages others to jump on the bandwagon. Like, so like we see, oh my God, these uh, Hall of the Bandit Lords are are up to ten bucks. Oh, good thing I saved all these. Maybe I should sell them now. Or like, yeah. Or like, oh my God, maybe I should go and pick some up because this is easy money. But it's like right. some random guy. Like it, it makes the situation that much worse. And like, and like, also, let's say that you aren't up on the speculation, right? So you're just like building an EDH deck, and you're like, man, you know, be sweet in this deck as a fucking Hall of the Bandit Lord. And then you <laughs> see one at like some guy's binder at, at like Phoenix, like at your local store, right? And you're just like, oh, I was looking for one of these cool. Like nowhere has these. And then he's like, yeah, that'll be twelve dollars. And you're like, what? I'm like, yeah, Star City Games, twelve dollars. And you're like. Holy fuck, like, okay, I guess I'll just not get that card. Like, fuck that shit. Yeah, but also, like, if Nowhere has them and this guy has them, you're building an EH deck, like, 
Yeah, it's just, it's, just, it's, just one of those, it's just one of those things where, like, it never used to happen with quote-unquote EDH cards, right? Like, it never used to be that much of an issue. EDH wasn't, you know, when you went to a store and heard some kid go, like, Consecrated Sphinx, why is that $30? And then, like, the store guy just says, like, it's pretty good. It's used as, like, a one or a two of in, like, a lot of decks. And then, like, EDH. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, but Yeah, that's just because of the demand of EDH, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just it's just shitty when it kind of like turns into that, and you you don't like intend for it to have in, like <laughs> into that, right? Like Who you're, you? not, you're not Who trying to like swindle someone, or you don't want it because all of a sudden everybody wants it. Who are you, G Fabs? All of a sudden, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like basically, when somebody here's when somebody wants the card just to play with it, it sucks that they have to pay the tax for yeah. all these these speculators yeah, and all it's... these dealers and yeah. Yeah, it's similar to how people say, like, well, you can't just price your cards however you want because then Star City Games will just buy your cards and sell them for more. Right? Like, yeah. like people always say, like, well, why don't we just, like, protest against Star City Games? Why don't we just, why can't you just, why do you have to set your card prices like that? Why can't you just be original and be a good store owner? And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, then, then Star City Games just buys my cards and charges you more for them because they have a monopoly on all of them now instead of, you know. You, yeah, you I, I tried to do that. I tried to actually or Don Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I do that to Don all the time. Um, I tried to price my cards low when I first started the store, like just super low, you know, stupid low. And then that's what happened, man. Troll and Toad and other people just bought me out, you know. And it's just like, well, like, why am I selling? Why am I selling these so low? Because basically, dealers will just buy me out. So now I just have to find other ways to give my customers. To give cut back to my customers, a good example of this actually, like what you're talking about, Jay, is um, so basically um, today uh, what happened was because there's greater goods spike, I put my greater goods at fifteen dollars, right? Because I don't want to sell out of greater goods, right? And if I put them any lower on TCG, I'll sell out. Okay. Yeah. So I put them at fifteen, but then some guy bought from my website directly. And had to pay fifteen dollars for a greater good, right? Right. Well, well, I'm gonna refund that guy like five bucks at least. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, there's no reason he should have to pay this extra five. This like, basically this. Fake well, yeah, $5. and like it's like it's it's the same thing with your free shipping that you've been doing, right? Like that's yeah. an amazing way to reward your customers, right? Yeah, exactly. If they buy directly from me, then in their 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 orders over two dollars. All they have to do is like pay, just make a two dollar order and I ship it for free. That's yeah. one way I can do it without like getting blown out by like other dealers, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I'm gonna refund this guy his, uh, some of his money because it's it's stupid that he had to pay fifteen dollars for a greater good, and he probably has no idea that greater good had recently just spiked. You know what I mean? So the guy is just probably buying it for an EDH deck, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it just seems kind of yeah. But it's 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 a hard thing to it's a hard thing to navigate because see what am I supposed to do? I have these things at fifteen because if I don't, I either take them out of stock or I put them at lower price and then just sell them to other like people who want to make profit on them. That's a tough situation you've got yourself in there, John. I know it's rough, man. It is it's a rough thing. And then like any any movement I do to like try to secure, it looks like I'm just like just basically you know robbing people, you know? Yeah. I'm not a crook. I'm not a crook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
so anyways, enough about this crap. I heard that somebody on the A team did well at a const- was it constructed? It was a constructed was. event, right? And it wasn't fucking game day. <laughs> it wasn't game day. Oh man, he's been waiting all episodes to say that. Gotta so drop. What was, it? what was it? Gotta drop f bombs everywhere. So, uh, although there was like the biggest GP in history in Ooh, Charlotte, uh, north of the border, we north. had a, <laughs> a another GP in Quebec City, uh, which got a lot more people than I thought we were gonna get because of Charlotte. So it ended up being exactly 800 players at GP Quebec City. And, and some people actually uh, stayed for this GP uh, over Charlotte. Like PV was there. Uh, yeah. Reed Duke was there. So uh, I think uh, Matt Costa was there. There was like a bunch of people that, that just much, I don't know what the Basically like was. the Brazilians stayed and then most of Team Panic stayed, right? Um, and the French stayed too, right? When you say stayed, what do you mean by that? From the Pro Tour. Oh, over from the Pro Tour. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. Because um, it's two two hours and a half drive from Montreal, or they could fly to, to Charlotte or whatever. Um, I didn't see much of panic, I think, outside of Hetrick. And mm. uh, Mathias, well, Mathias is the, the, in my head, the captain in the face of that team. So he wasn't there. Yeah. So. Well, he was, comment- he was doing commentary. For, oh, yeah, in Charlotte, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's why. It's pretty sweet. It was standard. And uh, I played Jun, Reduke Arbor Elf, uh, his exact 75 that he designed. Well, I don't think he designed by himself, but him and Owen played, uh, and Ben Sack played at the Pro Tour and had one of the sickest records with it, with it uh, 17 and 6 with the Arbor Elf Jun deck. And I thought uh, looking at it and playing the more recent Jun decks, it. it it's it was the easiest deck to play, out of all the choices that I could have made. Um, you know, it was right after the Pro Tour. I decided to to take some time off, and I didn't play a single game with the deck until the day of. But uh, it's just the deck felt really easy. It's just like far seek into a threat into like Huntmaster or a Thrag Tusk or whatever big guy you have in the deck, and just go on from there. It, it was pretty really straightforward to play. Um, and so it finished 40th. 40th? Right. Out of 800? Out of 800. Holy fuck, why didn't you finish top 8? <laughs> More impressive. It's less impressive than my Toronto run. Did you, did you tell your dad? I did your mom? <laughs> like, you still play that game? Get the fuck out of this house. You're like, what <laughs> you, mean you're like, you, you, you just do the, the old magic trick of saying card tournament, don't you? <laughs> Hey, Dad, I'm just going to card tournament this weekend with Alex, who's also got first place at the last card tournament. <laughs> he won like 40 grand going first place at a card tournament, so, you know. He just assumes you're going to play poker. I'm not sure. Like, I think and then, like, KYT's dad's just like, oh, my son is like Johnny Tran, but better. <laughs> oh, damn, uh, ma. So good. Oh, man. So good. He take me, takes us for dinner. With his winnings from card tournaments. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! It's what a troll. <laughs> but it's got to be worse if I said card tournament. What it? You think so? Yeah, it's like, like I'm not sure. Uh, Asian, I think, but Asians, are, it's weird. Asians are known for gambling, but Asian parents hate 
I think through kids to gamble. I think Wait, is that is that because like every degenerate Asian gambling right. game I know is Asian. Every right. every gambler I know is Asian. Like when you talk about people at the casinos that just push you push you out, Asians. You know, so, anytime you you're at a GP with Asians, oh gambling, you want to gamble for money? You want to draft? Yeah, I'll draft. You got forty bucks? What? What are we drafting? Urzas? No, no, for the draft. You got to bet. We're betting it. What? Holy shit! No, I'm out. I'm poor. I'm white. I can't. I can't do that. I guess, like in conclusion, like when it comes to Ex- gambling, Asians are hypocrites. I guess. Oh, okay. And, and that makes sense. What do you tell your dad you're doing then? Like tutoring? <laughs> dad, Alex Hayne made forty grand tutoring. Me and him have a tutoring business. No, it's I called don't. Mana deprived. M A N A is a complicated math problem. You wouldn't know about it because you worked in a factory to support me and my sister. What? <laughs> is that how it goes? Is that what you tell your dad? I just really want to know what you tell your dad, damn it. <laughs> I don't actually, uh, I don't think uh, when it comes to these things, I talk to my dad a lot about, about, uh, magic. Right. I tell my mom that I went to play, uh, to play a magic tournament. And she'll always be like, what? Again? <laughs> and I'll be wait, like, wait, wait, she doesn't tell your dad though? Oh, she does tell my dad. What does he say? I guess he's indifferent. So he's he he doesn't like he's not against it. Then he's just kind of like. My my dad's been pretty. Uh, I think he he's very indifferent about what I do. Uh, hmm. He just lets gives me a lot of freedom. He's not. It's it's like when it comes to like restrictions and whatever. It's all my mom. So yeah, it's dad's job to make sure that he finds his daughter a good. Uh husband you see he's less concerned with kyt oh, sticking it into whatever okay. <laughs> he knows i have it good i'm like he, he might maybe in his like free time at work he Google, he googles my name and be like whoa there's a thousand of my son <laughs> <laughs> well wouldn't you wouldn't you want to share like your success with your dad um man this is like not even getting to my gp so we're getting to the emotional kyt zone yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Don't be scared. Yeah, let's do it. The, the, think... the fans want to know who's behind the mask. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of it has to do with uh, in the past where when I first started Magic, I just felt like when I trans- transitioned from chess to Magic, I felt like my mom especially, but my parents really didn't feel like um, like winning a chess trophy or a chess medal was like a source of pride. Uh-huh. But winning a, a magic tournament was never. Uh, I felt like they very they looked down on it, so it was never mm-hmm. something that I wanted to actively share. Um, ever since I felt they were just like um, treating it as a as, shameful as, activity. As, shameful right, activity, yeah. Right, right. Shameful activity. Whereas like, that's where it goes back to our Shit. super yeah. super early conversation when it was chess versus magic. Just yeah. like chess is just is just seen as more. Um, intellectual, and if you do well in it, it's just like such a huge sense of pride for them. Right. Whereas magic, it's like you know, whatever. Like they don't yeah. understand the game. But doesn't that like affect you? Because like, look at look what you've already done. Like beyond the like tournament success, but you've had a little bit of tournament success. But like running the website and like rallying the whole like country behind you yeah. in the magic scene, like they. It, it, like they like a motherfucking diplomat. Yeah, they can't they can't translate that to to honor to success, right? They don't translate that. Right, right. It's it's hard for them to um 
You know, it's mom, like you, it's you, mom, you, you, mom, dad. I run a cult. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of weird. It's like I know I've done accomplished something huge, but it's hard to like. It's like if I said it to them, it, it wouldn't mean much, and I, I would be I would rather not say it than be disappointed by the reaction or something like crazy like that. But don't you inside like crave for them to like celebrate that with you and be like, yeah, KYT, like, you did it. Like, who do you tell about this shit? You know what I mean? Like, you, yeah, you, like, does you your have pretty this girlfriend, success. Like, who you care? I mean, she... I, I no, think she so. Care. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, thank God a lot of this is, like, a lot of this, uh, a lot of things I do is, like, reward in itself, so thank goodness for that, and uh, I haven't needed to and your bros, don't forget your bros. And my bros, I mean you guys especially. Uh, so I haven't needed that extra thing. But yeah, like John said, it would be nice if they um, appreciated and acknowledged the work that, that I've done and, and see it as, as awesome as I do. But uh, yeah, that's just the reality. You know, oh, I, would, I would totally go to your house and tell them about it if they didn't like ban white people from your house. <laughs> <laughs> Or shoot them. That's right. <laughs> hey, I just still... wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I still think there's a little piece inside KYT that's just dying, you know? This little piece inside of you that just needs that confirmation. You say you don't need it, but you need it, man. You do You do need it. I, I'd like it. I, I, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, but. Uh... Do you think, any? do you think someday they'll acknowledge it? Like, what do you think it'll take for them to acknowledge it? For you to bring a big check home or something? Yeah, maybe, yeah. I think so. so. Is that part of what drives you then? Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say proof, like showing them something is, is one of my primary objectives at, at this point, but, but it could be. Uh, it could. I don't. Be. I don't. I don't think about like getting a big check to like, yo, dad, fuck you. <laughs> this is what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would no, be nice. You know, it's not a conscious thing, but what do you? Th- I think maybe it subconsciously drives you to succeed because once you have this big like, like, uh, item of success or some way to show your success, then I think you feel like you could show your parents and gain right. that that. Uh, that I validated all my effort in time. Yeah, that validation that you crave. I I think subconsciously that might be the the driving force that's that's keeping me um, alive, and still competing like really hard and, and still working yeah. this game like as a freak. You may it, like you're probably right. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> I feel like you made. The... <laughs> I feel like you made KYT sad by being a dick. <laughs> no, we're getting down to like we're getting down. This is okay. awesome. We see what motivates KYT. We see what motivates Captain Canada to succeed. So now, when he goes to the Pro Tour, and we're like rooting for him, we want him to win so he can take that check home and be like, "Mom and Dad, I got there." And they're gonna be like, "Oh, why you no win no chess tournament?" <laughs> and then KYT would be okay, yeah. oh, like. It'd be like, is that from a chess tournament? I'm like, no, mom. No, you'll just be like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I have to win another one. <laughs> so, good talk. but yeah, good talk, definitely. Um, if our listeners can relate, uh, leave leave them in the comments. Chicka chicka. So tell us, pro tour, your GP. 
But GP, it, it went really well. I had two draws in day one against Esper, and I freaking hate that deck because it's garbage. I mean, like, how many how many different builds did you see? Like, was there was there a lot of uh, variety in them, or were they all just kind of like falling in line to what CFB brought to the Pro Tour? I think they they fell in line with. Uh, I don't know which one it was. It's either the CFB one or the the Chapin one because I, I think Martel commented on Chapin's article saying that the two builds actually are fairly different. But the three that I played, like they felt uh, basically the same. Yeah. Uh, when I played against them, and, and it's just frustrating to. Uh, it just reminds me of sort of like the the Cobblade Mirror that can tend to draw drag on sometimes, and like game three is is just hard to end. And like it, it's obviously just not like I I'm not the fastest player, and my opponent's one of the fastest players either. But you know, there's a reason why like when people draw like in the tournament, we're talking about like the Esper bracket because like yeah, are, are in that. And uh, I would never want to play a deck like that in a tournament that that just would incite draws. Um, so that's that's definitely like a deck that I would avoid uh, from from that point forward. Uh, I, I I drew two of them, and uh, thank God I beat Hetrick in the last uh, in the win and well in the day two uh, win and in. Yeah, because he had drawn really early. He was actually on his way up. Like, you had won a bunch of rounds early and then, you know, found a couple draws sort of midway through the day and, you know, had to piece together your your run for day two. Whereas he started out, like, 0-1-2. <laughs> like, he was just like, oh my god, this is fucking terrible. And then all of a sudden he's like, yep, win another one, win another one, win another one, win another one. And it's like, oh god. And as soon as I, you told me that you had two draws, and I saw that Hetrick had two draws, I'm like, you guys are totally playing in the last round. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, like, how'd the game go? Like, was it, how was it sitting across from him and playing him? Like, was, do you just, like, you know, shake? Yeah, so I'm still at that point where um, it was more relevant Again, these are things I mentioned ages ago on the A-team. So, like, in chess, I usually, I maybe you guys don't have this problem, easily get intimidated by players because you you got to see the rating before before you played them. And yeah, in right. chess, it's a lot more relevant. Like, when even if the guy's 100 points higher than you, he's supposed to beat you most of the time. Like, n- no questions asked. Yeah. So it was always intimidating to to play play someone. Um, like you still had a, a chance, but knowing that they were you know significantly more skilled with you is intimidating. And, and it, at the same time, even though Magic has a lot more variants, it, it's just like it, it just feels intimidating because you know you're probably gonna get outplayed and punt a game. And and I still haven't um, played enough high level Magic where it doesn't phase me anymore. Like I've played Kibler once. In sanctioned uh, Magic, I've played Jerry twice, um, and maybe some other top players that I don't remember. So just like still playing Hetrick, it just felt like you know still a gap between us. Yeah, Jerry's the scariest motherfucker ever, by the way. <laughs> but because I, I'm friends with him and I love him, it's a lot easier to play him than like let's say, oh yeah, wait a minute, I crushed Gfab, so yeah. <laughs> So playing against Hetrick was intimidating, especially since I know he's like well well versed in, in playing control. And but my deck, I think I think Jun is meant to to beat Esper just because um it, it doesn't seem like classically it should, but 
it's because Esper just doesn't have that many counter spells, and, and you just like you also have this card, and you just like keep you know dropping relevant threat after relevant threat, yeah. and you have planeswalkers. Everything's must answer. Like everything, right. as soon as you pass turn four, is must answer from Jund. Right. So I think the game comes down to it. Always comes down to whether they can sphinx at a certain point to to sort of swing the battle. And yeah. is it too late, or if you have a Rakdos return, or if you have too many threats to deal with? Like, but against Hetrick, even though I was intimidated, it was it went pretty easy. His game one, as he tweeted. It's like turn six or whatever, and he sphinxes for four or something, and then he looks at his hand, <laughs> and then he concedes, showing me like seven lands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did um listen? Did you miss not having slaughter games in your sideboard? Because I feel like in today's meta, like Jund really should be running two of that card, right? Um, I so I haven't played standard a lot, so you have to tell me what. What are well, I mean, so us? so you said you beat the Esper matches, but like you drew with two of them. Like right. if you had had Slaughter Games and been able to just like Slaughter Games Sphinx's Revelation, like you should win those games much faster, right? Oh, okay, that that yeah, you're right. Sphinx yeah. Revelation is their best card, and then also and then also it's really good when you can just like hit the Angels of Glory, Angel of Glory's Rise against Reanimator. Like your, you know, against Esper, your Rakdos returns are good, but they're not excellent. But as soon as you get Sphinx's Revelation out of the picture, Rakdos Return is like the fucking death knell. Right, right. Right? So, anyways. I, I, feel, like, I feel like if I were going to build Jund in Standard, like I would absolutely play at least two Slaughter Games. Just for those cards, because they're so relevant. And I mean, even if you can pull, like, Thragtusk or Olivia's out of the mirror, like, that's way big, too. So, you know, it, it, it's a relevant card. I feel like it should probably be included. I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. So. so, I was just trying to remember the discard spell that I I play. So it's like duress out of the board. Yeah, yeah. But I just I feel like you want to be more proactive, right? Like you 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 need to have the duress at the right time and stuff. I definitely Are think you, wait, so wait, wait. because you don't want them to rip Sphinx in the mid game and draw like four <laughs> plus. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like playing Thrag Tusk against a mid range deck. They're like, fuck. <laughs> Are you saying that you should bring in slaughter games in the Junmir? Yeah, why not? Uh, because the cards you named are four mana, and like Thrag by Tusk? the time you slaughter games, they've already cast one. Thrag Tusk is five. You named Olivia and Huntmaster. Well, those no, I didn't say Huntmaster. I said Thrag Tusk. Oh, yeah, no, Huntmaster doesn't matter. No, Thrag Tusk, Thrag Tusk, and Olivia are the two are two of the most important ones. Also, uh, Garrick's can be pretty important depending on the volume. But is like, that right, KYT, to bring in slaughter games in the genre? That just doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I don't think so either, but... I mean, I... Th- Thragtus is one of the most important cards in the matchup, so I... I'm I'm not sure I would uh, bring it in myself. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh... Anyways, I can I, see it be good. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some videos, I think, where people are bringing in, like, one, maybe two, but again, it depends on what your total sideboard plan is, right? Like, if you've got a cohesive sideboard plan to beat the mirror, or trump the mirror, then... It becomes less relevant. But if you're geared your sideboard to do other things, then sometimes you need that card to catch up, right? Depends on what you're expecting and how you address the meta. Jay loves to laugh when I like struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that he, I can hear the laugh already. <laughs> <laughs> that it's a pretty good idea. I don't think like... so. 
Maybe I just hate. I just hate that card. Maybe the like only you hate time those effects, right? Like a yeah, lot of yeah, yeah, and that's what it is. Maybe I just hate it, but I could actually see it being good against Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah, I, I, it's I agree the nut. With that. It's the nut against Sphinx's Revelation. Yeah, but to me, it's because like typically they're holding their Revelation to get like a lot of value, and then you like they the kind of deck that you're playing against with like their defense is like either counter magic or some kind of. It just seems like it's really fitting against that. Plus, like, the Sphinx's deck might run Thag Test as well, so you have multiple targets. But, like, when you're talking about, like, bringing in versus Jund, where it's usually this, like, attrition, like, grindy matchup, like, it just seems real bad if you draw it and they've already got a Thag Test on the board and you're just, like... Right, the but, rest of your but, in that long, but in that long, grindy matchup, like, getting rid of three Thrag Tests is still cutting the game in half. Yeah. Like... I just still don't. Oh man, I just hate it. I don't know. I don't know. It feels so wrong to me. No. Comments. Tell us in the comments, guys. <laughs> I think I, it could be good, but I wouldn't do it. I Speaking think. of comments, are there whoa, any good ones? Whoa, are there any good ones whoa. this week? Whoa, whoa, KYT, are you done with your? your no, KYT's oh. not done his tournament report. Yet. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> this is a really good tournament report. Tell us. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Oh, you whoa. never say that. You love me. No, I forgot how good it was because we were talking about slaughter games. So, I what I what I what I meant okay. to say is, please go back to the really good tournament report. Okay. So I, I feel like, uh, I feel like that's where we want to go. I, I was telling uh, Scott on on direct message that I thought that uh, Reanimator was probably the right choice for the tournament because it beats Flash and because it beats Unprepared Giant. And it just beats a lot of decks that are, uh, but it doesn't beat the like the really aggro decks. And obviously, the Denia aggro deck ended up winning the whole tournament, and that's what keeps it in check. But uh, Reanimator was definitely crushing all the uh, all like, all the good players that were deciding to 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 play something that uh, was more mid rangey. So, um, so the last comment I have about my tournament is how. Um, mulliganing aggressively is just uh, super important and basically it came down to the last like game three of the last round like it, it determined whether I was going to top 64 or not whether I was going to win 200 bucks or go home with nothing and I lost game one I was against blue white red flash uh, but again I say it comes down to game three because my opponent just like it has nothing to do with me but my opponent kept a hand that was just un- unkeepable. So, uh, Sneep, keep, or ditch. So he's quite <laughs> red. He keeps um, five lands, Azorius Charm, and I think Essence Scatter. What? <laughs> you have Cavern Souls, right? Wow. I don't have Cavern Souls. Oh, you don't? But I end up winning the game because I go... Turn one, like Arbor Elf, he he dirtles with Azorius Charm to cycle, and and turn three, uh, turn two, Liliana easily won the game. Um, wow. so he sits there with his Essence Scatter, and like his logic was that, yeah, I have lands, and and maybe Azorius Charm was gonna. Oh drive. my god, people that fucking mulligan based on that is so fucking terrible. Why would you mulligan? Because you need to cycle into something like. Also, like. Get- the, just the, for the, all the pe- all the people out there that don't understand how to mulligan, because it is something that's like fairly difficult. Uh, do not keep hands that are based on. Well, I have lands and spells. Keep 
What if you have three lands and fucking four seven drops? Then you <laughs> then really what you have is three lands. That's it. And like people don't understand that. And like it's really difficult to teach someone that because first of all, nobody likes admitting that they're wrong. Second of all, it's magic, so everybody knows what they're talking about. Nobody actually is wrong. And third of all, um players that are bad <laughs> don't like mulliganing. They don't like mulliganing for the same reason that they like playing standard discard decks, right? These, these are the again, we're talking about things I've seen on Reddit recently. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's like they think like, oh man, if I make you discard all your shit, then man, you'll never play any shit, man. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Like, oh, rip the thread tusk, play my thread tusk, and they're like, ah, oh, it's all right, it's all right. I'm gonna make him discard whatever he has next. Make you discard. Oh, I'm just going to flash in this Restoration Angel, gain another 5 life. That's all right. It's all right because I had a Megram. So, you know, he took like, he, you know, he's going to take like some damage. He's going to take some damage, you know, from a Megram. You know, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I got him. I got this guy, you know? And then they, and they're, and these are the same people. They're keeping their, their three land, you know, two six drop and a Nozorious Charm to cycle into something good hand. And uh, it's really just, it's really not good. You got to have a plan. What am I going to do? What am I playing against, and what am I going to do against that guy? You playing against, right. uh, you know, red, red, green, aggro, super aggro, super red, green, aggro? Yeah, you can't be keeping that shit, okay? <laughs> my dudes, my bros, can't, can't be keeping that. That's filthy garbage. I, I do, like, I mean, I, it, it was hard for me to conceptualize, like, why going down, like, when I was a beginner, how going down one card was, was a good idea. But like a lot of hands that I, especially in limited, where I feel like that extra land in my hand is just like when I draw my seven, that that seventh card is just is just like a dead card anyways. Yeah. It's like I, I'm playing, let's say, a Boros deck, and I have five lands and two threats. That you know, then like I can view it as just a sick. Do I like I can discard one of the hand, one of the lands in in my head, and see do I like the six because that extra land is probably not going to be relevant. Unless I have a huge drop later in the game, so. But you're right, mulliganing is like I do mulligan mistakes all the time. So, but like this was like he basically gave me the game there uh, by keeping Azorius Charm, um, Essence Scatter, and Five Lands. Like yeah, couldn't ask for better. <laughs> yeah, he was probably cocky because he crushed you in game one. Yeah, and like I like when I played in game day against Tim, like he he kept some sketchy hands that afterwards we talked about, and like he was pretty reluctant to admit that he kept sketchy hands. Oh, I hate but those I, fuckers! But man. I wasn't I wasn't pushing bitches. it. I wasn't I wasn't pushing it. Like he was being reasonably reluctant. He wasn't being like a like a no. Nah, but if I had this, then you had that, then I had this, and then I just won. Yeah, but if I did this, then I did it. He wasn't being like that. He's being pretty reasonable. But it was still things like he kept a he kept a hand with no white source in it, based on the fact that he had a centaur healer and a restoration angel and like a like a <laughs> uh, what's it called? <laughs> Fuck, what are those cards called? The elephant, the stupid elephant, faith mender, right? And then his thought was, if I draw a white land, I can't lose. If I don't, then I lose. And he he drew like fifteen cards before he hit a white land source and lost. Right? Wow. Yeah. I mean, in the finals, he ended up doing the exact same thing and not learning from his mistake and then ended up beating me because he did end up drawing that land, which is like which is difficult to try to tell somebody. Right. Because they don't understand like humans as a as a like as one of their faults 
never admit when they're wrong. And also, if something good happens on that one in a million shot, that's what they remember. That's how people are trained, right, with all these stupid movies about how you can overcome anything and you're special and Hercules this and fucking whatever. So nobody, nobody's telling the stories about, like, the little guy that went out to go try for the football team and didn't make it and then, you know, got addicted to meth and died. Like, you know, nobody, nobody's telling the bad side of those stories. Like, I think, Jay, you would really hate, like, one of my local friends, Ivan, who, if you suggest another card, he just, like, sort of read it, just repeats what, like, the card I'm I'm suggesting to replace. Right. It does. It's like, I'm like, you should, I'm looking at his limited, his sealed deck, his Demir deck, and I'm like, he's not playing, like, the four-mana destroy creature, uh, and, and you mill their deck or something. I forget. Uh... But it's a removal spell for four, and it's one yeah, of the better cards. Yeah, gruesome discovery. Gruesome discovery. It's one of the better cards, and I'm like, you should probably play that over the three mana counter spell that he has. But like, how how he defends his choice, it's like, but it's a counter spell. It's like, oh, it's a ca- oh that three mana counter spell. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's a counter spell. Oh. I'm like, I'm like, I think you should. You don't have enough removal in your deck. I think you really need this card. But this is a counter spell. I'm like, what do I say to that? Like, I give up. I you just say like, up, no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what? Like, you're not playing one of the be- better removal spells in, in Demir. You're, uh, fuck it. <laughs> I give up. <laughs> so, you're I think like, I'm at a point uh... in my life, in my magic life, where if people are just not receptive. To just like any like any new ideas, it's like no more. Yeah, no more, no more helping these fuckers. No, like it's just that's the thing. Like people, people don't learn unless you unless they learn by themselves. Anyway, they'll like like I said, it's it's magic. Everybody thinks they know what they're talking about, and nobody knows what they're talking about. So right, and some of them just don't care. So yeah, and I'm fine with just like not caring about just fuck those guys. So. You know, it's like it's like you try to talk to someone and you say like I think this is better, I think that is better, and then they just like get all reeny neeny on you. So then, well, like fuck them, then let them lose, let them lose a million times, right? <laughs> like I don't, I don't feel like I need to justify myself of why I was playing at the at the Star City Games thing of why I was playing the the um, main deck Volcanic Strengths after the first time I tell you why. You know, I'm not going to argue with you about it. We can have a discussion about it, but, like, I'm not going to argue with you about it because, you know, traditionally, uh, you know, auras are bad or whatever, and that, and you're just stuck in that mind frame, right? Right, um, right. You know, I'm not saying that it's the best card on the fucking planet. All I'm saying is that, you know, <laughs> everybody's playing mountains, so turn one noble, turn two this is fucking amazing, <laughs> you know? And people are just like, no. No, because then they just two for one no, you. No. I'm like, no, they actually fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a counter spell. Oh, oh, I yeah, forgot yeah. that it was uh, a counter spell. A lot of people. There's this video I do with him. Like I did a like a deck tech with him for fun, and he like people laugh at how he 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 validates like his sideboard cards like. I'm like, what are these for? He says, these these cards are for backup. <laughs> like, like you just call in, like, hey guys, I just need to, I need some backup. Roger, Roger, calling in for backup. Mr. Rigmos, could you send up some backup? <laughs> Mr. Rigmos, 
I play these cards for more backup. Like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, because they're counterspells, KYT. <laughs> I, I, oh, oh, they're backup counterspells for your other counterspells. <laughs> yeah, now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. Man, you're dumb for somebody who runs a magic website. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. But some people can play decently well based on these, like... Like they don't know what they're the like the heck they're talking about, but they can they can play at a decent level. Yeah, that's, and that's that's actually the biggest problem, right? He's <laughs> like, well, in this matchup, I definitely need backup. So you guys are coming in. <laughs> oh man! And then they don't draw their cyber cards at all and still win. And he's like, good thing I had that backup in there. Damn. <laughs> Oh, good God. So what were you going to... You interrupted KYT to say something, but now we don't remember what it shout was. Shoutouts. No, it wasn't shoutouts. I was going to ask if there was any good comments this week. I, I don't think so. Oh. That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, because like, nobody comments except for Shaolin Monk anymore. He's like the boss. He's like the big boss. To be honest, Shaolin Monk, I love you, and your comments are awesome. Kind of. But the thing is, is they're too long. I don't read them. Like... Oh yeah, they're so good. They're so I, good. I know, I know, I know they're good. But like, here's the thing, man. I don't have time to sit there and read like a 25 page comment. You know what I mean? Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Okay, hold on. So Tom Three MTG posted something, and it just went up 10 hours ago. And so some of this is actually relevant because we're actually addressing some of this right now. Okay. Okay. Another great episode. How can the A team get better? Throw in a Simpsons reference. I like the let's get serious Jay Boo story. Cheaters will cheat if they are told or treated as if it's okay to cheat. If the kid learns, then everyone should move on. But treating cheating like it's no big deal leads to more problems down the line. Cheating, the, cheating. The note about the audio quality is appreciated. <laughs> I'd rather listen to the 18 with bad audio than have no episode at all. One or two bad audio episodes are expected out of 116 episodes. Bracket. No episode labeled 100 makes this 116. It's true. John Medina brought that up. Do you guys ever pay attention to posts after the next week's show? If I get behind and don't listen to the show before you record the next episode, then I don't even consider posting a comment. But if you pay attention to it, at least the last week or two's worth of shows, I will change my ways. A comment never gets posted. A comment never posted. Colon. A few weeks ago, Medina was using a Bible story to illustrate a point to Jay about the special invites. It was totally unexpected, very appropriate, completely supported his point. I loved it. More hashtag 18 Bible lessons with Medina. It could be a new segment. Keep up the great work. Oh, I love this guy. I love this guy. (laughs) Now, in in all fairness, Shaolin Monk did leave a couple short ones. One of them was, God got to pump rear ends. If you're going to pump the wiener, you got to pump the rear end. Quote of the show. <laughs> I do read all his short ones, and I get about halfway through his big one. Yeah. I always get about halfway through, and I'm just like, ah, man, this is exhausting. It's like I feel like I gotta stop halfway through, crack a beer, have a smoke, you know, uh, come back. I don't smoke, but it would be funny. I feel like I'm gonna get roasted by Shaolin Monk in the new comment, so I'm definitely gonna read that one. <laughs> he even said some really nice things about you in this one. Like it's terrible. Oh man, I, it's not that I don't like the guy. I think the guy's awesome, and I think he's great that he listens to our show, that he puts all the time into making a big comment. But it's definitely it just discouraged me from reading it because it's so big. <laughs> it's so big. It's so big. That's what she said. Mr. Rigmos. So okay, so so congratulations, by the way, 
to I gotta I gotta put this out. Uh, Frank Lepore actually reached the triple entendre on Twitter today, so I have to give him credit um, where I have to give him credit where it's due. So we were talking about this deck of his that I'm building, that I've actually built. I've sleeved it. Oh, you're it. building a Frank Lepore I'm deck? I'm building a Frank Lepore deck. So oh, you're fired. You're fired. I'm, I'm that means, sorry. But I can only imagine that it's absolutely shit. I'm sorry. So Frank so Frank has put on this. He's, he's, he's uh, the Orlando 5K for them is. TCG player? Yeah, the TCG player 5K is in Orlando. And oh, he lives in Florida, oh. so he's going to go. And he was like, okay. I, I got to go in, I got to represent, I got to crush dreams, and he's like, I got a list, I'm going to play a bunch of different decks, and I want to hear from you guys, and blah, 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 blah. So his five lists in question are Esper Control, Nigh Humans, Junk, Midrange, The Aristocrats, and Human Reanimator. So he got this Junk Midrange deck from, I guess, a first place of a silver TCQ, and uh, and so he just kind of tweaked it up a little bit, and then ran a bunch of videos with it. And the thing looks insane. Like, the deck actually looks insane. I, it played against Gruul Aggro, so, uh, Boros Aggro, and Naya Human. So, like, most of the, like, crazy, aggressive, bash everyone's face decks. And he, like, took them to school. It was dumb. So, the deck is, like, it's a Thrag Tusk Angel deck, like, straight up. But it plays Smiters, plays Vampire Nighthawks, um, it plays Obsidat, it plays a bunch of Planeswalkers, Disciple of Bolas, One Angel of Serenity, like... It's really cool. But then the removal suite's tight because you got like Abrupt Decays and Orzhov Charms, which are two of the best removal spells. You got Farseek in there too to ramp it all up. You got Gavin Township and Vault of the Archangel. Like, it's pretty sick. The deck is actually really neat. How many Obsidats is there in? Two in the main. Hmm. Yeah. I like, I like the Obsidat. Uh, uh, what's that guy who you sack and get cards and stuff? Like Disciple of Bolas. Yeah, I like this Disciple of Bolas offset combo going on. Yeah, so so you've got that happening there. And I mean, like, you got the Planeswalkers are pretty sweet. Like, you got two Garrick Relentless, which is nice because, like, it's so, sort of removal, makes some guys. But also, you can, like, there's actually bullets to search for. Like, you can search up an Obsidat. You can search up an Angel of Serenity. Like, it's pretty sweet. Uh, so you get two of those. You got one Garrick Primal Hunter as well. Like, I feel like the only reason to play. So the only reason to play this over like Jund, for example, is just like I feel like the creature quality is pretty sweet. Um but I mean over and above that, the life gain is pretty relevant. And the fact that I can still draw a metric fuck ton of cards at this deck makes it pretty cool. Right? Because like the interactions between the disciples and being able to recycle them repeatedly with Resto Angels or like in a pinch if you need to return something to your hand with Orzov Charm and go nuts again, like pull the master Jedi mind trick like Tom Martell, you can do that. Um and it's got so it it's pretty sweet. And the deck is actually it's actually reasonable. Like it, it does well. I I don't know what else to tell you. Anyway, so so he went really deep on Twitter with the triple entendre because I was we were just going back and forth on it and whatever and I said uh I asked him if there's anything you would change and he's like, Not yet, it feels really solid. I'd really like to fit in a second angel, not sure where. So my response is no love for dickworm. Okay. At which point he replies, LOL, I love a dickworm. The deck is just so tight. Too tight for dickworms. Oh, <laughs> double dickworms. Yeah, so anyways. So also, he... who is Frank Lepore and who is Frankie Richard? Richard? Frankie Richard. You don't know who Frankie Richards is? No, like, I thought that they were the same person until no. just now, I think. Yeah, so Frank Lepore oh, is the guy wow. that basically is like the Evan Irwin of TCG player. Oh. He used to be on Untapped. 
What? Which you didn't listen to. Nice. Um, and uh, oh, wouldn't you? I mean, Frankie and so and Frankie Richard is uh, Frank from uh, Crazy Talk. He dogs like he's he's French, right? So he's got the French accent. Okay. You don't know Frankie Richard? Nope. Okay, he's probably the best podcast personality out there. What? <laughs> yeah, really. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Like I that's I've it never goes, heard I've never heard my, anyone else say that. Like I'm, I'm not saying goes, that he's not, but in my book it goes Frankie Richard, then Jay Bush. Just like Sweet. that. I mean, I'm not even saying that I'm better than him. That's not what I was trying to say. I was just saying, like, I've never heard anyone else say that, which is bizarre. KYT, back me up on this. KYT, don't just say things, like, that you don't mean so you don't hurt your friend's feelings, like, with Slaughter Games, okay? No. <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Frank made me absolutely piss laughing when he was, yeah. The first time I ever, the only reason I actually listened to Crazy Talk at the, for the length that I did was be because careful, of Frankie. Be careful. <laughs> no, because of Frankie. I kept you don't want to offend I, anyone who was on Crazy Talk. I kept tuning uh, in. I kept tuning in for his stories because he's absolutely just the funniest guy ever. And when he was here staying as well at my place, he was like such a cool dude as well. When okay. you guys came down, so yeah, he's he's a really good dude. And so that's who he is. He's just the best podcaster. He's so Frankie, funny. Who is it? Frank Lapore? Is it Frankie no. Richard? Frank Lapore? Frankie Richard. Frankie, Frankie Richard, Richard and Frank Lapore. Okay. Yeah. So cool. Frank Lepore, like, he might not be. He's like one of the best podcast personalities. He's not like the best podcaster. Yeah, I don't know what the difference is. So somebody could be a personality, but they could be like abrasive, blocking, and otherwise not contributing to the show outside of their own agenda. And that's a per that could be a personality, but not necessarily a good podcaster. As opposed to somebody who can help drive the show, continue it moving forward, and contribute productively to it. That would be considered a good podcaster. Hmm. Yeah, like I, I think that like uh, Joey Pasco is a great podcaster. You know what I mean? But he, I don't, wouldn't put him high in the like podcast personality realm. You know what I mean? Right. And maybe I'm just not describing it properly, but uh, basically, it's like the color of the show. You know? What right. I mean? Right. Yeah. So, so Frankie is like, in my opinion, the best color man out there for podcasting. I see. He's like the John Madden. Yeah. I don't know who John Madden is, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a sweet pause and like, I don't know who John Madden is, but yeah. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but yeah. Oh man, I had to come clean. I had to come clean. <laughs> so. Anyway, the best. So, uh, best. so can I just make a mention here, real quick? No, please. Sure, sure. So Jerry Thompson, two weeks yeah. ago, okay, with his top eight of the Pro Tour. This is now on the mothership. So I just want to make sure that we we talk about it. He now is number eight in worldwide lifetime planeswalker points ranking. Sweet. So wow. the people that are ahead of him are Shuhei Nakamura. Raf, Raphael, Raphael Levy, Olivier Ruel, Bram Snepbangers, Tomoharo, Bram Snepbangers. He's like an, he's a, he's an old school guy. Uh, Tomoharo Saito, Gerard Fabiano, Antoine Ruel, and then Jerry Thompson. Ninth place currently belongs to Martin Juza. Martin Juza. That's like, that's an absurd class of player right there. Well, almost. 
You know, there's, there's like one or two uh, I would leave off if there is. Who's that? Who's, who'd you leave off? I don't know. Snap yeah, banger? Let's hear, let's hear it. No, I'm not really sure, because you know what? Like, I've never actually oh. played... I No, so here's the thing. Like, I've never actually played against half these people, so I couldn't tell you how many of them I would intend to leave off the list. <laughs> oh, you were saying GFAB. I wasn't saying, saying anything, but you can draw whatever right. you Oh, that's want. how jokes work. Okay. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what's that guy, Step Banger, or what his name is? <laughs> Step Banger. He's, uh, he's, a, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I know he is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you can't leave him off. I guess not. Not a Hall of Famer, man. No. 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 <laughs> oh. no! <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that's the old Adam Sandler uh comedy. Are you serious? Scene. You seriously don't know really, honestly? I'm young and Adam Sandler sucks. <laughs> oh no, my god. Let me tell you, before these uh like after these albums he sucked, but these albums were hilarious. Like okay. yeah, absolutely whoa, whoa, just whoa. hilarious. Happy Gilmore did not suck. No, they were about the same time. They were all in the same sort of time frame. Billy Madison did not suck. No, no. So, like, basically from Click forward, he was terrible. You didn't like Click? No, it was like a cutesy Disney movie. The second it's filmed by Disney, you're like, sell out! Dude, it had that hot chick in it. Yeah, but it was not a funny Adam Sandler movie. So did what? Do porns. Porns have hot chicks in them. Yeah. (laughs) Really? I didn't know that. Well, now you do. Awesome. Well, I mean, I'm not going to sit around watching these girls get naked while there's trading to be done. <laughs> no, that, that would be disrespectful. <laughs> Classic. Hey, you know what we didn't talk about? Fucking cockatrice. Oh! You sort of mentioned it. Cockatrice? So, so what's the deal? You play cockatrice all the time, right, Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically what happened was this Hasbro uh, served the people that run cockatrice for the season assist letter, Hasbro's yes. lawyers, um, in the similar fashion as they serve Polish Somalis regularly. Um, of course, <laughs> Polish Somalis continues to put up. He actually put up some real doozies lately, and I don't know. He's just like threatening them to. Or teasing yeah. them, taunting them to, yeah, to, to come find him. Control, man. His like stuff there was, there was like I, I can't remember who it was. It was like Liliana and some other chick making out, and they, you know, one of them's got like their finger in her ass. Like I don't know. It wow, was, I never yeah. seen that. No, it's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah it's, but uh, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Holy but uh, anyway, so so what happened was is, is these guys have not opted <laughs> We're just to get more trouble. Man. Yeah, we they have not opted to stand up. Um, and instead have basically just said, okay, you know what, we understand, we'll shut down the server, and that's fine. Um, the advantage, of course, is that it is open source, and so there's other um, other sites and stuff that have just basically said, okay, well, we'll run a server. <laughs> so there are a number of like rogue servers that are out there um, that are running Cocktrees. You can find games, you can still play it. Like The software itself is a standalone. Um, and it's fully functional as long as you find these, you know, other servers. But I'm trying to understand why they attacked Cockatrice instead of, you know, but Magic Workstation is still a thing. Like, somebody help me understand. I can tell under- you why. Help me understand that. I can tell you why. So, <clears throat> two or three or a week ago, days ago, uh, basically what happened is 
they hadn't asked me anything on Reddit because again, everybody loves Reddit. La 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 la. And um, <clears throat> they somebody asked them point blank, "Hey, what are you guys doing to get around copyright issues?" And then their moderators who were doing the AMA basically just were like really smug about it and really like we can't get like we're not like then they can't catch us they can't touch us it's free it's open source blah blah, blah all this bullshit and uh and then as soon as that happened because um wizards does regularly check the the reddit um the subreddit for mtg basically they then just somehow coincidentally got slapped with the C and D letter isn't that funny? So, uh, like, the fault the fault is, like, all on them for basically, like, flaunting it, right? Like, you don't fucking, you don't tell a guy you're fucking his wife in front of his face with your fucking Jimmy out, like, come on. <laughs> you know, like, and, like, they're not, and they're not being sued. Like, a lot of people are, like, saying like, they're being sued. They're not being sued. They just got a cease and desist letter, which is about the same as you getting one of those letters telling you to stop downloading movies from your internet provider. Um, Do you get those often? No, I don't get them often, but... (laughs) So, yeah, I know what you're saying. It it just means, like, stop doing that or else... Yeah, like, it's it's not anything big, like, really. It's, you know... It's just like a... It's just like a... If you don't stop, then... You know, we can say we gave you this letter and then we can pursue options. But, like, they're not going to. Like, it'll easily cost Hasbro more money than they're, you know claiming they're losing from uh, Cockatrice than it would to just let them have it, right? Also, like, they have to be able to prove that they're, like, like actual losses. They can't, you can't just, in, in the court of law in the United States, you can't just say, yeah, you're costing us money. Like, you can't just randomly say that shit. They have um, to be able to prove it, right? Yeah, and you have to be able to prove actual losses. You can't say, oh... You're probably losing us money because there's like a hundred people using it daily. Yeah, or you have to be able to prove that they're gaining money from it. Yeah, and like money that you should you should be getting, right? But that's not what's happening, right? So um, basically, they just like whoever the guy is. I can't remember what that guy's name is who runs Cockatrice or whatever. But basically, he's just decided like he's just gonna let let it let them do what they want with it. And stop. Hmm. Yeah. So, and that's why. Like, and then that's why. That's why you're supposed to choose your moderators carefully. Like, everybody always wants to give their. Everybody always wants to give their friends, you know, moderator jobs and shit at their site. But like, you can't do that. And people always get offended. Like, oh, KYT, how come you didn't publish my article, or how come you're not publishing my articles anymore? Well, it's because they are fucking terrible, and you actually offend everybody when you write them. <laughs> Is you that know, what he people- told you? No, I mean that that was hypothetical <laughs> to somebody else. He told me he told them. So I, he hasn't published my articles because I won't write them. <laughs> <laughs> what I need is a ghostwriter. <laughs> right? I need like what I need to do is like because you know how Chris Mathioli keeps writing articles, but nobody nobody's making them for him. So I need I need to be Chris Mathioli's ghostwriter. His ghostwriter? Yeah, actually, yeah, because he doesn't actually write articles anymore. No, he just does like math or something, right? No, well, he keeps saying, Medina, you want this article? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I do. And then he's like, all right, get it to you tomorrow. Okay. And then I just wait and wait, like, and then just cry because I don't get it ever. Right. Every time he says, I I got an article, I'm just like, yeah, we'll see about that, buddy. (laughs) 
That's right, Macaroni. I'm calling you out. Call out. Calling you out. Wow. All right. So there you go. So that's that's cockatrice. That's I think it's bullshit. I mean, they're well within their rights to do it, but why you got to take our toys away? I guess you're just going to use Moto, bro. I guess so. Magic workstation. Moto, brodo. Moto, brodo. What do you you think of this, KYT? I'm like, I knew this was going to happen. I mean, I'm just surprised it took this long. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people are saying. That's it? That's all you have to say about that? Yeah, I mean... Like I knew, I know why they did it, etc. Like whatever, like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay, John. Oh, I don't give a shit about that. I don't play with with the cockatrice or whatever. John doesn't dirtle the cock. I do not. I do not. But I did have a really fun time with my. Uh, team at Legit MTG talking about what we were going to name 20 tweets. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, Hasbro buries the cock. <laughs> I think we ended up calling it cock blockatrice. Cock blockatrice. Oh no, it's a, okay, a cockatrice block. blocked. Okay, yeah. oh yeah, that was much, much more. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my god, I, I got the first one on that, eh? Yeah. Huh. Can you please just rename it Cock Blockatrice? Oh man! So yeah, we uh, we had a bu- we had a bunch of names. We were just going on and on all day. Like it killed our productivity. But uh, <laughs> that's a uh, that's you know that's the way it is, man. But yeah, I don't care. Who cares, man? Like yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like I don't care. Nobody should care about this. But everybody does. When I say everybody, I mean everybody on Reddit and Twitter. And uh, like I care about, uh, I care about what's his name. Uh, I care about Polish tamales. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I care about what he's working on. Uh, and like, so what's the deal with him? Like, they're just saying basically, like you are. Like, I don't understand why they would cease and desist him. Like, what are they going to tell him? Well, like, you're, you're tell- losing us money by drawing Jace. Well, the, the, their problem is, is they basically say that he's using intellectual property right. uh, that he doesn't have the right to use. And he's saying that it's covered by a parody law, right? Because he's doing it as a parody, and right. they're saying it's not covered by parody law. So there's a fight over whether it is or it is not covered. It sounds but, like it should be covered by parody law, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not a lawyer in the United States. <laughs> so yeah, so that's what's going on there. They're saying uh, they're saying that, and the thing with with Polish tamales is I don't think I'm not sure that it's wise. To uh to battle with with uh you know wizards at this and like try to uh I guess I feel like some of the stuff he's doing is kind of like exacerbating the situation you know which is probably not the best idea but it's on him to do what he wants I I think that you know I think that uh I don't know I don't see the harm in what he's doing as far as like the fan art or whatever so I don't see why wizards would do that or Hasbro rather because I mean. It's not really Wizards who's doing it, you know? And and I've told them, like, you're pretty crazy, and he knows it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, like, for example, you've got 
cameo in a bathtub. You've got a small mirror floating in. So she's basically like from the, you know, submerged from the nipples down. And then you've got this small little mirror who's sitting in like a little floating ring, sitting in and around the groin area. And the caption is, kick your legs just like that. Come on. That's that's totally parody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's also like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess what their argument is is that it's not, uh, I guess it's not funny to them or something? I don't know. Yeah, they don't like it when, uh, they don't like the sexy stuff. I think is basically where we're at. Yeah, but like, so what? So you don't like it? Like that doesn't that doesn't mean fuck all. Yeah. Yeah, but if if it's if they're trying to make a children's card game, I guess they don't want that kind of stuff to be. Yeah, like... but that doesn't give you that doesn't mean anything legally whatsoever. Like, yeah, yeah. Trying yeah, to make I... a game for thirteen year olds and up. Okay, well it's admitted that thirteen year olds know about sex and dicks. Also, uh, we don't <laughs> like you showing. We don't like you drawing. Ladies in the bathtub with no nudity, because we're, you know, conservative white Americans. Uh, we're gonna sue you for that. Like, could you imagine if someone said that to you? Like, if if you if you were reading Fifty Shades of Grey on the bus, and someone was like, "I'm gonna sue you for public lewd acts because my children are on this bus," like you would fucking laugh in that guy's motherfucking face. Yeah, but who's suing? Nobody's suing anybody right now, right? No, no, no. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they're like the the first step is to send a cease and desist letter so that you can say like, "Look at my big dick and how far I'm gonna fuck." <laughs> and if you don't stop, that's what's gonna happen. And then people don't stop, and then you eventually get sued, right? So that's what I'm saying. Like, like I don't like who cares if they don't like that shit? As I think his opinion, and that would also be my opinion. Big deal. So they're never gonna give him a job at Wizards. Who fucking cares? I'm pretty sure this is the sort of stuff that they're upset with. What? Well, I don't know, the Planeswalker member guide, for one. What is it? Yeah, it's, I don't know, isn't it just pictures of guys with blocks, like black sensor bars for dicks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually, because they, like, measure them, it's funny. Oh, Anyways. gosh. Yeah, like oh I'm sure his mom is really offended by that. This is this is for <laughs> <laughs> moms are really offended by is all the demons, yeah. all the oh, evil. Three and Polish of all, <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> oh. I love this guy. I love Polish Demolies. I think yeah. he's awesome. Yep. All right. So, do we have anything else that we want to mention? Man, this was such a huge show. It was a big show. This show actually. was insane. We tapped my eternal psyche. <laughs> we did. We did. I think people are going to enjoy that. I think. People, I think. I think uh, Kyle's going to love it, man. Hope so. All right. Well, thank you everybody for paying attention and listening and sticking with us this long. Not only, you know, for the two hours that this has been going for, but. Also, for all of the episodes that we've done so far, thank you very much for staying with us. We wouldn't continue to do them if you didn't continue to listen. I got uh, somebody, I played against somebody randomly on Moto last night, and they were like, you know what, I'm a big fan of the show, we listen to every episode since one, and it's just like randomly in the tournament practice room. He was like, keep up the great work. And I was like, thanks, that's totally amazing. Apparently somebody from Montreal. 
So I just wanted to say it got me thinking that we appreciate all of you so much and uh, we wouldn't be able to do what we did without you. So thanks. I agree. Did I tell you about that time I ran into someone at uh, Panera's? I don't know no? what that no. is. What's Panera's? Okay, so Panera's is like a bakery slash like place you can get lunch and stuff. Like they serve sandwiches and stuff sure. like that. Okay, so like <laughs> sure. I go up to the I go up to the counter after work. We're like driving by this Panera. I stop in. I walk in to go get uh, like a bagel, and my wife wanted like a mango smoothie or something. So I'm like, bitch. He's like, uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Don't call my wife a bitch. I'm gonna kick your ass. Um, so. So anyways, I walk up to the counter and the guy goes, uh, the guy goes, hello, how can I help you? And I'm like, yeah, let me get a mango smoothie. And, and then he looks at me, he's like, and like, just gives me this look. And I'm like, what? Like, and he kind of like threw me off. So I'm like, yeah. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm married, bro. It's for my wife. <laughs> Don't get any funny ideas. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, yeah. Let me uh, get the mango smoothie and, and, uh, you know, this bagel. And he's like, uh, would you happen to be. John Medina, and I'm like, yeah, that that would be me. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, from the A team. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? And he's like, no, man, I listen to the A team like every week. And I'm like, are you joking? We're in Panera. <laughs> I'm like, this is not a magic tournament. This is Panera. <laughs> oh man, that that made my day because it was the first time that anyone random that I didn't know. Like, and that wasn't at a magic event. Right. It's like, are you Jonathan Medina? I was like, oh my gosh. And it's all because I like, am Jonathan Medina. That would be me. <laughs> I'm that guy. Oh, it was awesome. So, yeah, the A team is awesome, man. The A team is awesome, man. It's true. The A team is awesome. We need you to send mail to KYT's parents, letting them know how awesome the A team is. We'll post the uh, address in the show. Agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess with that, we'll see y'all later. What? Check you next week, where we've got the one, the only, recently mentioned, newly crowned level 50 Archmage, Jerry Thompson, will join us to talk about you know, his recent He's runs and celebrate his victories. Man, he, he hasn't been on since, like, episode 15. I know! The best. I love Jerry Thompson. He's I awesome. know. So you guys can look forward to that. You know, the A-team, bringing it large and in charge. Man, we really are the best. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs>